welcome everyone. It's a great Saturday night and uh, another episode of Four Guys Roundtable Show with my lovely cohorts around the circle of AJ Nitro, Darth Pack, Coach Jeremy, and moi. That's what you're to call me, moi. There you go. Moi. Just going to call you moi. Put moi down there. Moi. All night long. But if we call you, no, that just doesn't make sense. I'm not doing that. Oh, yeah, no, I, so, I can't do that. That just sounds weird. So I had to tell you guys something. So we all know about that song, WAP, correct? Yes, yes we do. Before. So I, I know it, I know of it. I have oh, not. It. They should add an F to the end of that. To it. Just think. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I see where you're going with that one. <laughs> Jesus, Jeremy. So then it could be a then it could be a comical song instead of a disgusting song. So um, one of my friends I play Call of Duty with, Mm -hmm. he sent me a um, message on Facebook, and the top of it it says WAP. On the bottom it says Weaponized Assault Penguins, and I was like, and there's a penguin (laughs) with like a strap with all the bolts, and he has a machine gun. I'm like, dude. We should change our like clan ta- clan tag on Call of Duty to like WAP nine, just because, <laughs> just because, That'd because be people awesome. because people in the server like when you come onto a server, there's everyone's like random people are talking that are like in a group together, mm-hmm. and then people are like oh oh and they start talking about dicks and all kinds of other stupid <laughs> bullshit. So, oh, it's just like a podcast with Jeremy and Joe. So yeah, pretty much. So um, <laughs> so. <laughs> So I'm just like, man, we should change it to WAP9. So then when people come on, they're because people pay attention, like what your names are, because people mm-hmm. even like, oh, look at that name, you know, make fun of it or like, oh, it's a cool name or a clan tag or whatever. So accordingly, they're going to like make fun of us. So we can like create our own little like, he's going to do his redneck voice and I'm going to do my British voice and how horrible it is. And we're just going to explain how penguins are awesome. And we are the weaponized assault penguin clan and we're just going to just keep running with that and see how much it pisses people off yeah <laughs> that's my story take it or leave okay. it. now you talk about uh weaponized penguins i mean we've seen that though uh batman returns yes i know but these are cooler these are weaponized assault penguins not just weaponized <laughs> penguins uh, so these aren't just like mind-controlled penguins that are carrying yeah. one single rocket on their back no absolutely not these are weaponized assault penguins, like penguins on steroids, like Rambo style. That's 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 what the picture kind of looked like. I will find it and send it to you guys. It's quite funny. Do these penguins start shouting that they drew first blood? Um, <laughs> no, but I could pretend and make up a penguin voice and do it while I'm playing the game. I mean, it's very well, natural. Just, just kind of curious. This, these maybe hear what a penguin saying that would sound like, you know, trying to imitate uh, Stallone saying, Andrew first buddy on me. Correct. So I'll come up with something. Don't you worry. Hear the penguin version of that would probably be entertaining. It would be. It would be. <laughs> so how are the rest of you guys doing this evening on this lovely Saturday night? Oh it's it's a it's a it is a lovely Saturday night. I'm enjoying myself. One of us just had a birthday yesterday. I wonder which one of us that was. Oh. Uh, yeah, that dude named Coach. Happy belated <laughs> birthday, because I have not been on Facebook the past couple of days, so I didn't. I didn't isn't that, I didn't isn't that something for most of us? Isn't that how, it, 
Facebook has become our, Hey, it's somebody's birthday notifier. Yeah. Pretty Unless much. of course your name is AJ. AJ just happens. You know, he's, he's good like that. He remembers people's birthdays. I, I, I do remember the three of yours. Yeah. I'm not, <laughs> I don't know everybody's, but the three of you guys, I do pretty much remember. So or he puts in his Google calendar and it just, you know, pops up an <laughs> alert a week before. I, I remember, one of my, I remember my parents, my sisters and my nieces and nephews. That's about it. One of my friends from high school his is on tax day. So I always know Jeremy. Well, tax day, except for the last two years, yeah. I always know Jeremy's <laughs> is the day after tax day. Yeah. Well, normal I'm gonna tax day. Start, I'm going to have to start remembering that one of the, uh, one of the partners, uh, which therefore technically makes him one of my bosses um at my at my accounting firm his birthday is on tax day too so we've 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 long uh had fun jokes about that at a tax day dinners so which of course we did not have again this year so, well technically it hasn't been tax day yet but it's also increasingly hard to do that so so if, true. if i've got this right i'm um see i i think i can see who is uh hanging out with us and oh, it's really? all, all around detailing is hanging around with us Oh, so, that's that's Rob. Yeah, I know. That's that's big Rob T. Bay. Bay, yeah, bay. Big shout out to Rob T. for joining us from all around detailing. Joe, you want to give him a little pub, uh, public, uh, pub. What the heck word am I trying to say? Am I using the right word? I feel like I'm going half, half goofy down. We want to plug. Plug. Yeah. Yes. Yes. A plug, not a pub. We want the pub is where I got my food from today for dinner. Not. <laughs> this is oh. why I only talk so often. <laughs> Lord, Lord, praise your soul, Jeremy. Praise your soul. I know. <laughs> yes, people go out to Rob T. All around detail and go to our Facebook page. We have a bond there. Click on there. He has good rates. He does. Man, he will clean the outside and inside. Their car like is spraying bank and new showroom style. They also, I believe he's doing tinting now. So hit him up for window tinting. And he has some other things there coming down the line. I think of other things they're going to be doing at uh, 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 all around uh, detailing. Uh, a big shout out to Rob T. You know, he's been, I've known him for, I've known him for a long time. He worked with me at my uh, job I currently work at, but he's, he's put a lot of hard work into getting to where he is right now with his detail. And it's been several, many years, but He's at that place now. So uh, props to him. Hard work definitely pays off people. Absolutely. So you want some detailing, please go to our Facebook page and hit up his uh, link. I have it on there and uh, get your car clean for the spring and summertime, people. Get to it. Yeah, buddy. Oh, man. Yeah, this week, this week has been kind of, this week itself has just been kind of, uh, crazy like Jill is uh, my wife is getting ready for all these different this cheer event like there's a cheer banquet tomorrow for my middle child and she is uh, been just going crazy with all this different stuff that she's making for this cheer banquet and it's just it's been something else and then yesterday you know we had my we did celebrate my birthday yesterday it's not a big one it's not, I'm, I'm 43 so it's not like we're going your 50th crazy. birthday I know it's... yeah well I, hey I look forward to my 50th if I get the 50th and I'm feeling good like I feel now. Hey, I'll be happy about that. I'll so have a mental get... breakdown. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. It's gonna happen. But That's what uh, I'm gonna do. Something you know, crazy. I got this in in honor of the Phillies. You know, I got a new Phillies tee, so I'm feeling good about that. I got uh, the Bryce Harper guy on the back. So you know, Bryce Harper. <laughs> my, my... I mean, he's gonna be with them for ten years, so you might as well get one of his t-shirts. <laughs> Well, and it's funny because my wife goes, does he still play for them? I don't know. Is he, is he a good player? 
I'm like, yeah, he's the, he's the, he, you know, he's the, I, I guess you could call him the star player just because of his contract, yes. but yeah, he's um, the star player of the team. Riamuto is, I think actually probably the best hitter on their team right now. He just seems to be just super consistent and stuff like that, but it was kind of funny. And, you know, I got a big jar of M&Ms. I forgot to bring it up. I wanted to big my parents, of course, being the jokesters that they are, they got me this big jar of peanut butter M&Ms because that's my favorite M&M. I would have taken candy for my birthday. Screw it. (laughs) No, I was happy to get it. And of course my dad got me some orange golf balls. So when we go down to Delaware this year, uh, I can't, if I, if I can't find my ball, then I'm absolutely blind because an orange golf ball kind of sticks out. (laughs) So I got some pretty cool gifts for my birthday. I had a bad comment to make after that, but I was going to keep it to myself. (laughs) I might have to ask my wife maybe where they are. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say, doesn't somebody lose them soon, you know, for specific reasons? They're not castrating me. (laughs) I'm not a freaking bull. (laughs) What? That's an ox. No, they do. They used to do that. They, I don't know if they do it anymore. They used to do it to bulls too. Right. Then they became an ox. Hmm. Oh, is that what they became? For the castrated bull. Oh, I did not know that. Now, only see, Pat knows that. So. See, now I'm, uh, it's not only is it a podcast, that, it's an education session. I know <laughs> that as I know that as I know most things. If Pat's on here, it could all, there, there's always a chance it turns into an education. <laughs> well, well, what I was trying to say is I know that thanks to the same reason I know a lot of things. A movie. A movie. <laughs> yes, there was a joke about that in the musical uh, film musical version of 1776, believe it or not. Ah, okay. Interesting. Moving I do, on. Uh, yeah. I, uh, we usually do stumpers on this show, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I actually have, I mean, Jeremy asked earlier. Pat did not have one, but I have a baseball trivia stumper for you. Um, later on, we will. I will bring that up. It nice. was something I... I heard on a, uh, when I was watching a uh, White Sox game uh, last week by the announcers. I was like, oh, kind of remember hearing about that before, but you brought it back up. So I'm going to hit that with the guys and see if they know that. Pat might, he might. I'm going to 85% say Pat will know the answer to this one, but I'm, I'm sure. interested. I'm going to ask him anyway. Yeah, I'm y'all. interested to know if I know it. So that'll be interesting. It's hey, Peacock, Peacock got somewhat slightly less terrible this week. Did it? Yes. Did, did um, you watch Save by the Bell? No, I did not. Um, <laughs> I did. did they put more, so they must have added some more stuff. Yes, they uh, because I think I mentioned that one uh, web series I've been watching that's you know comparing and contrasting you know raw and nitro. Yes. Um, they got raw episodes back through 1996 online. Uh, so that's at least something that's now cool. it, it kind of sucks having to watch them with little 30 second commercials because I guess either that's just the way it is or I don't have the right well, if you pay five dollars more I think you don't have to deal with commercials yes well if you pay- I mean since I signed up for that initial right. transition right. thing so I was like I'll let that yes. period run out before you know yeah. so you, have, you have the basic premium which you get the commercials and then after that, it's like four ninety nine plus tax. But then if you the, up it to the nine ninety nine plus tax, like the old WWE Network. Joseph, yeah. Joseph told away. me to watch the Stone Cold Jericho podcast, so I watched an hour of it. But I did get commercials during that, and it was annoying. Yeah, yeah. it was kind of annoying. Well, Which, I'm sure it would be, but uh, 
Yeah, they don't have, they don't have Nitro episodes on there yet, but I can I do know where to find those online, other places. Which that not podcast not necessarily was... complete, but the raw episodes I wasn't finding anywhere. So at least having the raw episodes is just fine. So That's because we uh... just watched we just watched the raw episode where they did a special Friday night episode where Jr. announced that Diesel and Razor Ramon are coming back to the WWF. Oh, the fake Ruiz. They were ugly looking fake Ruiz too. They just looked like oh B-rated fake Ruiz. How dare you say that about WWE Hall of Famer Kane? Yeah, he was an ugly fake Ruiz. Absolutely. So I was just gonna say, people need to watch the Stone Cold Jericho podcast because it is a good podcast. It's two hours and nine minutes long, but it's a good podcast. They talk about some good stuff, and it's just kind of cool. It's always cool to hear how wrestlers start in the business, mm-hmm. but yeah. Jericho is just a fascinating person in general. And he is, he is. he is very, he had a lot of things he had already pictured in his brain of what he wanted to do as far as his character gimmick, so on and so on before he even like really started to grasp the concept of like training and wrestling and things of that nature which is cool there's a lot of cool different side stories in there that he talks about so it's definitely a must see it's 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 a good watch you find out some interesting things and i think there's I mean, an extras part on there where there's they they talk about some other stuff that they didn't do on the full recording i mean if you think about it i mean so when he talks about how owens and when the stuff with owens and him they got bumped down the card at that WrestleMania and mm-hmm. replaced by Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. That essentially was Jericho when he left. So the repercussions of that are still being felt today. Hello, AEW. If Jericho doesn't leave, we don't necessarily get AEW. So that one little thing changed everything. That one little mm-hmm. move yeah. to bump those guys up to the second match instead of being the co-main event started the ball rolling for AEW. Yeah. All right. So I'm just going to let you guys know who's watching. So we got uh, my, my oldest is watching along with uh, Nicole and my brother, Scott. So we got some, got some people watching. So hello to everybody out there. We appreciate you tuning in tonight. Hopefully we entertain you. I think Nicole's more listening because she's at work and she's got her earphones in, I think. Oh, okay. Well, listening listening and watching, it's all the same thing, except you just don't get to see our goofy ass faces. That's all. She gets to hear the voices of the voices. Does she hear in voices in her head? Voices. Like Randy Orton. <laughs> yeah. Pardon? Who's talking? <laughs> All right. Do we want to talk sports, gentlemen? Sure, we can. Let's dab the little American market of sports entertainment of professional sports so i i got one and you know i got a bunch of stuff from basketball boy if i could talk from basketball and football that i thought would be some interesting things to talk about uh the first one i wanted to talk about and i got a picture pulled up so i'm going to share it out um which i just oh my god i just find it so is it sex drugs and rock and roll what's that is it sex, drugs, and rock and roll for baseball uh, No, I mean, it could be, but Damn. it's not. <laughs> ruining my moment. Yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> so I wanted to share this picture because I was scrolling through Facebook and I, and I saw this video come up. You know, Dwight Howard tries to end Zion Williams' career. And they talk about this forearm shiver. 
So I watched this video. It's like a 20 second clip. And oh my God, can people really sell the no contact contact? <laughs> like, I'm not saying that Dwight Howard didn't make contact, but Zion Howard, uh, Zion Williams sold the shit out of this. Like, uh, he, I mean, he must have went to school and LeBron taught him. <laughs> like, he. Dwight Howard doesn't like throw an elbow at him, doesn't like punch him or anything like that. He doesn't, he just, Dwight Howard did have his arm out, no doubt about it, but it's not like he pushed him and threw him from this picture. You would think like Dwight Howard, like tried to run him over. And it was nothing like that. The media blew this way out of proportion. I'm like, this is some horse shit right here. Flopping. Like, he, went to, he went to LeBron's summer school flopping 101. <laughs> so I was just Class like, 101. Like, this is like, and of course, then I, uh, <laughs> very true. Uh, uh, my brother just said basketball flop is the new soccer flop. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's totally taken over 1000%. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, the college players are doing it. That's, that's sad. I watched, uh, uh, so speaking of that, I watched, the, I found a video on uh, YouTube when it was showing like the college players. And there, there were these, this is from this past season. Mm-hmm. of just random, you know, games on national television and, and uh, um, some of the tournament games, uh, some of these guys just horribly flopping. Like some guy was like in a huddle and the guy goes like this, like just. Like oh, this. I saw that. And the guy goes, oh. And he like, <laughs> he like leaps backwards and falls on his ass and slides. He's looking at the ref like, yo, did you see that? And the ref's looking at him like, it was a weird look. You just kept walking away, but they're just, they're just bad. They're taking out to the NBA players. And it's, it's, it's horrible. To say oh yeah. That, but it, it's, it's, it's when LeBron started. Damn it. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's good, gotten good job, Brown. And it's funny that they don't give some of these guys, like they're supposed to give warnings for flop, like a flop warning, but you hardly ever see that given out unless it's like really, really exaggerated bad. Like there is so much flopping that goes on from guys that don't really get hit in the NBA. And they're just like, it's I, I and that's why I have a hard time watching NBA because it's so bad like that. You know, guys want every foul. They want to make mm-hmm. a big deal out of everything. It's like, come on, man, just play the game of basketball. Just play. Yeah. And it's rubbing off on the college kids because I'm. <clears throat> I watched a ton of college this year, and it was just like watching the games and seeing it. Not, not some of it wasn't really bad. I've seen you know some of the ones on the video YouTube video I saw. I did mm-hmm. see. Um, one of them was on ESPN and, and some of the, you know, other, other uh, stations, but it's, it's definitely getting worse. You definitely, I see more of it when you get a foul and their arms are flailing and, you know, they barely get touched. They get touched by a pinky and they're like turning their bodies and slide on the floor. I'm like, wow, dude, you barely got touched. What are you doing? And he's like selling them like he's an Academy award winner. I'm like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I'd like to thank the Academy. Yeah. For recognizing my flopping. <laughs> That's going to be one of the ESPN without, awards. I, I, I couldn't have done it without every soccer player. From the <laughs> time. Uh, let, excuse me. Let me, let me, let me rephrase that. Every male soccer player, because the females don't flop. Um, yeah. I like the phantom headbutt I saw one time in soccer. The guy like pretended to get headbutt. He's like, Oh my God. And it's like flew oh. 10, 10 feet back. I'm like, Oh my God, this is crazy. But yeah. Yeah. So keeping with our keeping with basketball, um, so the Nets played the Sixers, and and this just kind of goes along low management, which I think is absolutely nuts in the NBA now, because it's, no for, it's like every player, it's like every player 
is got load management now. So the Nets and the Sixers played this week, and the Nets sat KD, Aldridge, Griffin, and Harden against the Sixers. Well, Aldridge retired the next day. Yes, I did see that. So I understand why he sat. You know, he and that was one of the other things. Aldridge is retiring. I was like, oh, that's kind of crazy because he's had a pretty decent career. You know, he's had a good run. You know. But that He's was just nuts. Like from a fan's perspective, you're if you're going to see the Sixers, you expect two players to play, Embiid and Simmons. Okay, you want to hope to see both of those guys play. Sometimes you don't get to see both of them. But if you're going there to see the Nets also, you're expecting to see at least three of the four big guys that they have on the team. Or even two. Yeah, even two. We'll give, we'll give is, it the benefit of the doubt too. They got and this is Kyrie the Irving, season. and that was it. I'm like, that's nuts. Like the league. And, and, and he, he's the biggest bum of all of them, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a Kyrie Irving fan. Uh, I don't know how so. Some... That guy's he's so out there right now. He just like apps, he like just disappears for like a day or two and comes back. And this isn't Dennis Rodman going to be on WCW Nitro. <laughs> just Kyrie wandering <laughs> off to find out if the earth is flat. And... Oh, he's not a flat earther, is he? Oh, yeah, he is. Oh, my gosh. Oh, forget it. I, I've now, they, what respect what I had for him. That's what they teach these kids at puke. Uh, <laughs> whatever respect I did have he for him, there. I lost all of it. Uh, what, Pat? But he was only there for one year, right? He was, yeah, but. Yeah, I think so. That's enough time to get taught that. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it, it's, so I was just like, I couldn't believe it. And they were talking about this on WIP, the local Philly station. And they're just, you know, the league needs to be able to step in and say, hey, listen, you can't like have all these guys sit. This is bad for TV ratings. This is bad for fans. You know, it just, you can't do it. But the fact is, is that the way that the NBA is set up with the, with contracts and agents and the, um, the, uh, Boy, I can't think of it all of a sudden. Uh, the union, the players' union, there's no way they can because the players run that league. You know, at least that's at least that's what the annuals are saying. In all the leagues, the players really run the NBA. It's not ran by the league. It's run by the players. The players own that league, and they can really pretty much do whatever they want to, which is absolutely. I nuts. mean, I mean, you can see it. I mean, and this is this is the thing. You don't really see this in, in the other three sports, but. The funny part is, is like, I, I, I'm sorry. You're, you're, I was thinking about this the other day. So I read an article about this load management shit and it just goes to show you like, seriously, the times have changed. I know the lead changes as decades go on, so on and so on. Mm -hmm. It should, but, but (laughs) to be honest with me, to be honest with you guys, when I get a little bit older and these guys start retiring and they're all the NBA I'm going to look at this generation of like 15, 20 years of NBA players. They're a bunch of pansies, like legitimately, like they're soft. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, you know, pro wrestlers, veterans saying that WWE is wrestling is soft right now. Well, whatever. I don't think so. But I think the NBA is soft. You have oh, the load management and the, the horrible flopping and, and people are like, oh, about my body. You know, well, you know what? I know times have changed, but. You, what, what are you showing college kids when you're like, oh, load, load management, load management. And, you know, teams are sitting in their players. I mean, everyone's going to have their crazy opinion on it, but mm-hmm. the other point of this is 
don't tell me that any one of these players is scratching the top three of greatest of all time or near any GOAT status of any other players like Kobe and Jordan, because I will laugh in your face. Yeah, absolutely not. Guys who went out and played every single goddamn game and played 110% every game, offense and defense, they deserve to be where they're at. Guys who take load management and play half a game and play defense for three minutes when they feel like it and everything's offense and you see these NBA superstars letting a fucking bench player blow by them for a basket. No way in fucking hell that shit's happening back in the 80s, 90s, and even the early 2000s. No, the so game's it's, changed it's, so much and, into it. Just an offensive minded game. Like the defense is a second thought. And no. that's why like these guys that get defensive player of the year or first team all whatever. defense, it's such a joke. Like you're, the only person that With might defense. be legitimate, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a Sixers fan, is because of what uh, the like all the analysts and stuff are saying Ben Simmons is probably one of the few that really does play defense and is very good at defense. Clay yeah. Thompson when he's okay. healthy. Clay Thompson's yeah. usually in. And there's, uh, there's like a handful, maybe 10 that Kawhi I would Leonard, like. Yeah. Kawhi Leonard and Clay Thompson are usually mm-hmm. the guys that like people like generally talk about as being good two-way players. So Yeah, I, I mean, I get it's offensively money, but like when you talk about defense, get, get out of here with that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just want to say welcome, Carlo. I see Carlo joined us. Just Looks horrible. like he's a Yankees fan. He's got a Yankee symbol up for his uh, Facebook. No, oh, so, add more Yankees fans. To this I know we already got two on this care. on this podcast. <laughs> now we got now we got a Yankee fan joining us in the com in in, in the watch. I, but that's all right. I, I, I did I did wear my Steph shirt because he's been on a tear the last two weeks. So, yes, like, I saw that. Fan. I saw he's been uh, killing it. He's passed Wilt for most points by a Warriors player in all-time history. Yep. So I have one last last highlight from this week that I saw in regards to basketball that I thought uh, we'd all appreciate, well, at least three of us out of the four, and that is uh, it was announced that Jordan is going to induct Kobe into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And I thought that was – I really thought that was very just. I'm like, if there's anybody that should, it should definitely be Jordan because Kobe looked up to Jordan. Like that was his like idol and him and Jordan had a very good friendship too. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Kobe basically came out and said now that he said that him and Jordan, like he trained, like Jordan, he trained with Jordan and stuff. And he did some things that like were public knowledge, like years ago. And that's came out in books and through stuff that Kobe spent some time with Jordan that not everybody necessarily knew about. Yeah. Big brother, little brother. I mean, yep. um, I, I see it as fitting for that to be, to be case. I mean, Adam, Adam actually texted me a picture a couple, like two weeks ago, he texted me a picture and it was a picture of Jordan, Kobe and LeBron. And it said, <laughs> start one, bench one and cut one. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I know who me, Joe and Adam are all cutting. <laughs> sorry bro Ron, you're being cut yeah <laughs> and it's sad because he's a good player no offense he's yeah got skills, but i'm cutting him if i had to pick from the other two he's getting cut well yeah because i want i think we're all on the probably the same page we'd all start jordan and we would bench kobe and have him yep. be our six man because yep. he's a te- he'd tear it up and then LeBron would be cut because I want either Kobe or Jordan to be taking the last shot because I know they're gonna want to take the last shot of the game. Well, and they were the and defense. They were also they were also the, the two best defensive guards in NBA history. 
too. That so too. They play yep. defense. So yeah. Yep. And not to say that they didn't get ever get smoked on occasion because you know they oh, nobody's they defense is perfect, but no. you know if you, if you want somebody that's going to actually try a defense, those are definitely two guys you want for sure. I mean, LeBron yeah. tried for the first like twelve years of his career, but then he it evidently never got he, better at it. Then he stopped. No. Then he kind of stopped trying and he started letting the Warriors blow by him in the finals and watching them go by and like then that stuff started with him so and then he cried then he about had, the MVP he, I didn't get enough MVP yeah, number one MVP then he had votes. one block he had this one block that everybody's made the greatest block in NBA history and it's so overrated I'm so tired of hearing about it <laughs> yeah it happened like what four minutes left in the game three something and it really wasn't that much of a turning point yeah especially okay. when I've seen other players do that same exact block particularly Tayshawn Prince. Uh, he did that so <laughs> oh, many yeah. times, chased down he blocks. Did. He did. So, I right. personally think it would have been more interesting for Shaq to induct Kobe. Mm, that would have been interesting. <laughs> but they're, they're, they were on good terms, though. So they were... Yeah, by the end they, of it, yeah. Yeah, they, they, were, they were buddies. They were good. It's hard to believe those two didn't with that, like though. each other when they were playing together, but somehow still managed to win three championships together, which is... I mean, if they, they they could have won more, if they they definitely would have won more if they would have stayed together. I mean, it's, it's it's easy to dislike teammates, but still be able to get along with them on the field. I mean, uh, if you ever saw that miniseries ESPN did years ago about the 1977 Yankees, you know they talked about the the tension between Thurman Munson and Reggie Jackson that lasted, you know, pretty much the entire season, and a lot of people were. You'll hear differing opinions on as to whether or not they were ever really truly on good terms before Thurman Munson died. So, uh, you know, like there's the shot of the game the Yankees played after Thurman Munson died where Reggie was very visibly crying in the outfield. But a lot of people said, oh, those were crocodile tears. And mm-hmm. so because he knew the camera was going to be on him and shit like that. Yeah. So you get you get differing opinions about things of that sort. But I mean, I, I, I think it's cool that Jordan's inducting Kobe. I don't. I've never been a big Kobe fan. I mean, his death was obviously very tragic, mm-hmm. but he's still somebody who I kind of keep at an arm's length. I have still have issues with Kobe, the man. So, yeah, there was that unfortunate allegation of, you know, with him in a, in a woman, um, you know, it went away. We don't know why it went away. We don't know if it was really true, not true. Um, paid off. Yeah. Don't know. You know, we never really will know. But you know, I can see. I can see how it would taint his image for some people. And you know, but it is what it is. And you know, he did did suffer an unfortunate passing along with his uh, daughter, who yeah. they were going to her basketball game that day. And um, the other family and their daughter just yeah, yeah young those, kids losing their lives for with. no reason. You know. Yep. So that's, so that's all I have for basketball. I didn't see anything that I thought was really newsworthy across the thing. Did anybody else see anything basketball newsworthy that we should discuss? Oh, like I said, we, we talked about Steph and he's yeah. been, he's been the best player in the NBA the last two weeks. So like, yeah, he found, he found his rhythm again. Yeah. And I just, see that, I, I just see that the Knicks are still like hanging in there, but you know, I don't have any, <laughs> I don't have any illusions about what their ceiling is or anything. It's just the one more round of uh, let's see what they do in the off season. Yeah, I hate I hate the whole off season shit. We made some good trades, but chemistry is just not there yet. And some players got COVID and they're out. And 
it's a revolving merry-go-round circle of players going in and out of the starting lineup. So that doesn't help. Yeah, I'm not it's expecting like, anything from my team. It just so it's like it's like the it's same like auditions. Thing for, it's like the same thing for me following the Rangers. Just to quickly detour into hockey, it's like you know, like they're not quite there. They didn't do much at the trade deadline because I don't really think there was much for them to do because it's mostly about them um, getting like their younger players actual playing time now for the rest mm-hmm. of the season. They're like they're like at the edge of playoff contention, but they're they're probably not going to get there. But then it's like, hey, in the offseason, they have cap space and a lot of NHL teams aren't going to have cap space and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah but the same thing. Who's going to be on the free agent market, too? That's the other yeah, thing. It's 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 kind of become and this happens, of course, when you're like, when you're doing your rebuild and everything. But it's like the old the old Brooklyn Dodgers mantra. Wait till next year. So, no, that's Cleveland's. That's been Cleveland's mantra my whole life here. <laughs> yeah, the, the Blackhawks are just on the outskirts of that playoff spot. We made a lot of trades. Well, I traded for some good young players and a lot of draft picks, and we have a lot of uh, salary cap right can, now. But, but it's you can like you can like rebuild in hockey sometimes easier than other sports yeah. because that's definitely what the Avalanche did. They weren't good. They rebuilt through draft picks, and now. They got they yeah. got COVID stuff, but they're the best. They have the best record in hockey, but now they're they're missing the next three games. But they they did rebuild through like the draft and stuff. Like their star players are people that they drafted. Yeah, yeah. The Black I mean, are semi doing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, the Knicks the Knicks got or the Knicks the Rangers got good fortune because they ended up with the number two pick and they took Taco, and then they somehow you know they they totally lucked out in the fact that they had the number one pick this past year's draft and took Lafreniere um because they they had like I think like the least probability of getting the pick and somehow it did and made me wonder why people weren't starting to like make like uh Patrick Ewing uh Nick's uh illusions or like they <laughs> like oh the league rigged the pick um yeah. no, no it didn't I mean, I mean, those guys haven't haven't set the world on fire yet, but when you get guys who have that much talent, it's like it definitely helps, you know, accelerate a rebuild process. No, it does. It's just I, I just think it's I think it's easier in hockey, and I and I think in hockey because hockey's not as prominent, it's easy to take years off and rebuild because sometimes that's the only way. You kind of have to start all over in hockey, and like Colorado wasn't good for seven years i don't think hockey is as watered down as some other sports too i think the talent that comes out of the college and the foreign in the foreign uh leagues for hockey is just really that talented i think they really have there's a lot of talent coming out of you know the different areas because that you know canada is a hockey air like there's a lot of places outside the united states that hockey Mm -hmm. is a main sport it's not like a secondary sport here in the united states hockey is like if you're gonna if you're gonna rate sports it's gonna be football probably basketball and baseball are close and then hockey right you know and where in other countries it's soccer and then hockey you know a lot of them so the khl canada's hockey first yeah the k HL over in York and whatnot. That's 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 one of the top leagues, hockey leagues in the world on that side of the world. And there's 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 been a lot of players who have played in the KHL. They it's it's a it's a high level league. Um, uh, what's his name? It was X Blackhoff who plays for the Rangers? Mm-hmm. Is from the KHL uh, Panarin. And then there's a couple other players that are that are in the league that have been 
drafted or signed, you know, from our free agency uh, from the KHL and whatnot. So there's, there's, there's good players in some of the leagues. Mm-hmm. So I it, just, is, uh, it is easier though. Yeah. It is with, with a, instead of like a six year window you know, of rebuilding, you can do it within like two to three years. I've been following. So Steph just, he just tied Kobe for, he's at 10. He just hit 30 and they're in the third quarter. So he's got 10 straight games with 30 points. And they said, Kobe's the only guy over the age of 32 to ever do that. Dang. So, That's crazy. That yeah. Is it's absolutely not. He's stroking. Uh, you know, the funniest thing too, is that we talk about like how easy it is to rebuild and everything. While I don't think it's necessarily the easiest sport to rebuild, Football does seem sometimes to be the easiest sport to go from being bad to good because we've seen yeah, plenty of times bad one year and then they're you know, they're really good the next year. I mean, and that can be any number of factors. That can be that you drafted well that year, that you made some good free agent signing, that you were getting the benefit of playing a weaker schedule, you know. But it's like it is kind of interesting Injuries. how often that, that that seems to happen, you know. But the the, the big thing, of course, is that you know you gotta have the guy behind the center, it seems. And, um, you know, since the draft is, uh, well, a little less than two weeks away now, um, you know, we got all these teams that are, once again, looking for the guy behind the center. So, it segues to Jeremy's football news. Yeah, that's what I was hoping to do. So. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, since, we're, since you brought up the draft there, my good man, Darth Pat, um, the <laughs> – the draft. Okay. So I've, I saw. Lawrence, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I was. He's going to Jacksonville. Yeah. He's that's going awesome. to Jacksonville. And that's the crazy thing. Like I looked at like a couple different mock drafts and almost all of them have Trevor Lawrence going number one. Like well, he no, it's quarterbacks. It's like quarterbacks. Like it, the top five picks are like four quarterbacks potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when you say almost all the mock drafts you've seen have. Lawrence going to Jacksonville, that's a lie. All of the mock drafts have Lawrence <laughs> going, going to Jacksonville. Jacksonville. There is not one mock draft you will find that does not say that. Yeah. Just, it, for, for, for Adam, who's a Jacksonville fan, I hope Trevor Lawrence is the savior they think he is. <laughs> yeah, who knows? You just, you just never know because the college system is so much different than the NFL system. You can't run a full college program in the NFL, it just doesn't work. You know, you got too many smart players on the defensive side. He's a winner, and and I I, I think I think he's going to. And Trevor Lawrence is from Clemson, right? That's Clemson. Yeah, I think quarterback. he's going to yeah. be a good quarterback in the NFL, but like you said, you just never know. Yeah. So, well, now you got this whole thing where like he was. What was it he said this week? Something about where people are like doubting his commitment. Or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he made, he made a comment like he, one of his comments was like he he's not gonna he's he's not gonna play his NFL career like Michael Jordan and 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 like do the some all out stuff or whatever like he did to be number one. He's gonna play his own thing and just the words he used. He made some other comments as well. I can look Google it real quick, but it was just kind of like, yeah, I'm not trying to go out there and be like. I don't, I don't, I don't want to paraphrase, but it just seemed like right after I read it, like he just, he's just going to go out there and play. Like I'm not trying to be the best quarterback every. I'm just going to go out there and play. Well, so it was kind of like just play. You might end up just being that by default, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be a Tom Brady, or do you want to be a Maravich? 
go with Joe Maravich. I would go with Maravich. <laughs> I think Tom Brady might have had that same approach back then, though. I don't think nobody knew anything about him. So, like, well, he was like, yeah. Uh, but it, Tom, I, Tom Brady well, actually came out with a chip so on his shoulder and said, that, I want that was the thing. to prove everything. He's like, wrong. I, that was the thing. You know, Lawrence is like, I don't have a chip on my shoulder. That was the other part. He made a comment about that. This is just brought up, just bring them in. He doesn't have a chip on his shoulder, which, I mean, he, why would he? He's won yeah. in high school. He's won in college pro. He has nothing to like prove. He's just going in there and he's winning. So what chip on his shoulder does he have to do? He's just going to go out there and play. So that's where I guess, I guess like him just going out there and playing not like doing something extra because he has a chip on his shoulder. Cause I mean, look at Brady, he was like seventh round. So yeah, I don't think he thought he was going to go that low. So yeah, he had a chip on his shoulder when he got his opportunity he took it and ran with it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we'll have to see what Lawrence does. Maybe yeah. what he said, is fine and maybe it's being misconstrued maybe he maybe there's nothing wrong with what he said we'll just have to see how his career path i mean takes, so I, I get what he's saying but oh. I, I yeah i'm very much of the opinion though that actions speak louder than words especially on a football field so yeah so, yeah this is yeah. what he's gonna do we'll see what happens i don't think he's gonna be a horrible quarterback i think he'll i think he'll be fine in the nfl i, I don't love him because he smoked florida state multiple times but well, he also beat the when we suck, suck guys. what's gonna happen. He also beat the suck guys a couple times, so I don't have a like they're there it's a middle run with him. Yeah. He'll be a good quarterback. It's just what level of good is yeah. he going to end up being? That's the yeah. thing. He could come in and be like, Hey, I really don't want to play. You know, I, I want out of my contract. I, I'm gonna retire. He might be one of those guys, you know, plays a year and just like, <laughs> eh, fuck it. I'm I'm done with this shit. I'm retiring. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Won't be the first time. Now this now this story, uh, this is probably one of my favorite stories, and not in a good way, like favorite in a bad way. So Deshaun okay. Watson, oh. <laughs> here we go, <laughs> has been charged like, oh, with twenty two counts of sexual assault. Now, well, let's 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 be careful in the wording. He hasn't been charged. Okay, he's any- been accused of 22 he's counts. Been accused yes. of, and he's being sued in civil court. Right. Oh, yes. He's not being charged criminally in any way yet. Who knows right. if anything will happen there? Yes. So, so thank you for yeah. correcting on the wording. So I, yeah, I don't want to make it sound like we're. It is an important distinction. So yes. I just, no, yeah. I agree. And we don't want to, you know, we don't want to be here and and say that somebody's guilty without them going through due process or anything like that. But there. I, there there is a distinct possibility that something happened if this many allegations are going out. There's a distinct possibility somewhere in this, there's something. Right. Yeah. One it's of one the, of those things where how much of it's true and how much of it's false. And Right. Well, and here's the thing, because Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston. Like, he doesn't want to be there anymore. Nope. But nobody wants to touch him with a 10-foot pole. Like, there is not a team. Like, you would think, like, the 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 Eagles were, like, one of the teams, like, oh, they might go after Sean Watson, bring him in, let him help teach, you know. Um, Hurts. Julian, uh, J- Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. And <clears throat> I'm like, okay, that sounds like a good possibility. But his price tag, one, his price tag is way too freaking high. And then now seeing this, it's like, no, well, that makes sense why nobody's touching him and, you know, he's going to end up sitting out. You know, and he may not, you know, if he actually has criminal charges brought against them, depending on what the, you know, if any of these allegations end up being true, he, he, he may never play again. Like he, he, he could yeah, be in freaking his, jail. His, it's, 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 it's very, it's very interesting in a way. And I, I'm not trying to, uh, like, 
minimize the allegations because they're obviously very serious allegations, but especially when there are that many. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe this is me being me, but it boggles my mind to think that somebody could even be accused of doing what he's been accused of doing that many times. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? You know? Yeah. Um, but the, the funny thing was like, you know, just like a couple months ago, you know, my dad and I were going back and forth with discussions about what it would take to acquire him. Because a lot of the things that I was reading was saying that like the starting asking price, the starting asking price was three first round picks, which mm-hmm. is pretty much unheard of. But I said to my dad, look, that's what everything that I'm reading is. So like, and like multiple people and multiple websites and everything out there were saying that that's what the going rate was. And their, their basis for that was look how many non-quarterback players have been traded for two first round picks in the last couple of years, guys like Jamal Adams and, you know, so a, a few others who I just can't remember now. Mm-hmm. Um, but a bunch of these guys are getting traded for two first round picks and they aren't quarterbacks and quarterback is clearly the most important position in, on the football field. And a guy who figures to be entering his prime has performed pretty well and has done so under some bad circumstances because the Texans have been, you know, I, I thank Bill O'Brien for kind of saving Penn state's program when he was there but he really screwed the Texans up in a lot of ways with the decisions he made as general manager. Yes, he so did. You look, you look at some of the numbers that Watson was able to put up with not necessarily having the best support group around him, and you say, this is the kind of guy that you would trade that many picks for if you think that he's a guy that will put you over the top. And, and yeah, you're right. The Eagles were a team that I thought might have traded for him. You, you know, the Dolphins were mentioned. Uh, I think the, the Jaguars were mentioned, the Panthers. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were going to be teams that I think we we're going to get into it. And then Houston was really kind of dragging their feet about whether or not they really wanted to trade him or not. And obviously they, they're under no obligation to trade him. Yeah. No, but at, the same time, at the same time, it becomes a situation that if you want an unhappy player sitting around or like you said, sitting out, like, you know, just sit out his contract or whatever, who the hell knows. But then the allegations start and then it's like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, the big question, of course, will be what does happen from here? Because Houston's kind of screwed in that they don't have a first-round pick this year. Um, I don't remember if they have a first-round pick or not next year, but they 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 could be they could be really really hurting uh, one way or the other. So yeah. if they trade them or not, they're not going to have us. They might not have a starting quarterback or a legit yeah. one on game yeah. one. Do they? Uh, I mean, they could. have have a situation where yeah he can't play because maybe supposedly a criminal case does open up or whatever uh that would be very unlikely for uh the legal system to move that quickly that he would be like tried and convicted by the time the season starts but may also just be of course a pr thing where houston just like yeah we can't let this guy take the field so um it's not a good situation and who knows how it's going to play out but yeah, it's it's one that I it's one that I don't want to wrap my head around because it's it's very disturbing. Yeah, it it definitely is. Um, it's a wait and see game with that one. This is going to play out for, I say, until at least June ish, until we get some real stuff going on with it. There's going to be a lot of back end, behind the scenes negotiating or whatever is going to happen with the civil cases and all that other stuff. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of lawyer stuff. We'll see. Yeah. 
All right. So on to a lighter topic. Uh, and you know, I got a bunch of, and a lot of stuff happened in the NFL that I thought was interesting. Um, um, good old uh, AJ, you'll love this one. Uh, Clowney got signed to is uh, being signed to a one-year right. deal with the Browns. So now they're they're definitely winning the Super Bowl. Now it's already t- it's starting here. This, this is the year. We got to David Clowney. We're going to the Super Bowl. Yes, <laughs> it's already start. Yeah, I imagine so. Uh, Sam Darnold was traded to the Carolina Panthers. Um, multiple draft picks. Yeah, um, I was like. Uh, I don't know Panthers. I don't know if that was a good trade. <laughs> like, I, I'm on the fence about Sam Donald, but he did. It, a lot of people are saying, you I mean, know, a lot of analysts York. are saying they didn't get. He didn't get a fair shake in the, on the Jets. Like, no. he may they not didn't give him enough. So he could the, be the, good, but I'm on the fence. I got to see how he does with Carolina. They're yeah. hoping the Carolina's hoping that the the guy, um, what the hell's his name, uh, Brady. Rue. Uh, who's their offensive coordinator who came from LSU and had worked, oh. with, uh, worked with Joe Burrow at LSU. I think they're yeah. hoping that he can, that he can do something with, with Darnold. And yeah, there's a, there is a lot of, uh, there is a lot of thought that Darnold didn't, again, once again, didn't have the right support system around him, didn't have enough talent around him. Uh, and that a lot of people think that Adam Gase just really screwed him up as a coach. Like, you he know, did. so well. My yeah. thing with Carolina too is like, I mean, I get to a point because I live in North Carolina, so I see all the sports news for this. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like, I get the trade for Darnold, but then you get last year you signed Teddy Bridgewater to a three or four year contract for some decent money, nothing too crazy, but for some decent money. So, are you going to have a legit quarterback battle, or are you just going to be like, hey? Darnold, it's your team, and we got this high-priced uh, backup just sitting, waiting to take your job in case you fuck up or get injured. It's, uh, I, I mean, I think it has to be a competition because Darnold doesn't really, neither guy really has a track record to go off of. So I think it, it I think it really has to be a competition. But that also seems to be a, a thing of the past where teams don't really ever want to seem to put themselves in a quarterback controversy. So they just say, this yeah. is the guy. And it's and weird. They'll swap guys out as, as they feel like it. We've seen that happen with plenty of teams like your bears. You know, oh, we can't find a quarterback for 40 some years. What the hell's the point? Yeah. But, but, but so it's like, it, it's like to, it seems like teams go out of their way. to. Avoid, it seems like they go out of their way to avoid the term quarterback controversy being applied because they'll say X guy X is our starter. And then if they feel the need to bench him, it's like, well, they just bench him. They put the other guy in, and then when he sucks, they change back. But though, so somehow in order that uh, by committee in, in the Bear Country, <laughs> yeah, but that that like avoids like the term quarterback co- controversy from being applied for some reason. Yeah, it's weird. Like I, I watch a lot of Carolina games, of course, because I live down here. But it, it's weird. Like Brit, Brit I, I think Bridwater is a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. Is he an everyday starter anymore? I don't know. It's like I saw flashes of it in certain games where he did really good. And his defense like shit to bed and they lost games because of their defense. But I just kind of, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like like making a move like that seemed to be like for Bridgewater, I would kind of for me, I would semi take it as a slap in the face when you trade for a younger quarterback like that. 
So, I mean, you better have a conversation with me before you fucking trade for that guy. Um, <laughs> that's pretty damn sure. But on the flip end, hey, if you don't want me to play me, you're gonna you could pay me my paycheck and I'll uh I'll tutor Darnold and uh you know keep getting paid a shitload of money to be your uh, second string quarterback yeah. and take my opportunity when the time comes. Yeah, I mean, really. um uh, there's there's multiple ways to look at that. I mean, there and the other side too is like don't don't waste uh Christian McCaffrey's talent. Don't. Yeah. Because that kid, that kid's a beast of a running back. Yeah. Who would have thought? He legit can do it all. An- so. Another interesting thing I thought about mm-hmm. Darnold was like, uh, you know, the best pick that the Jets got was a second round pick next year. And then I was seeing stories that the 49ers were offering a first round pick. And for whatever reason, the Jets didn't take that offer. Um, seems a little strange to me. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's, and it's interesting because the, the 49ers have been, it's been rumored a lot that the 49ers are looking for a new quarterback and getting rid of Garoppolo or looking to bench Garoppolo. And it's like, <laughs> man, like that guy can't catch a break. Like, I mean, he's not a terror. He's not a great quarterback by any means. I'm not going to sit here and say he's a superstar quarterback, but there, you know, what was he supposed to do last year? I mean, I wouldn't say they have great offensive weapons. Yeah. Like and they had no defense get injured <laughs> like in the first three weeks or some shit. You know, so, you know, they're, yeah. they're putting a lot of stake on the fact that he should have been able to do something like the quarterback's the most important position, but it's important because it's the kind of league it is. But if you don't put other talent around that person, we'll protect it doesn't them. matter how good they are. They're still not going to be, you know, you, you can't throw to bums, you know, <laughs> unless <laughs> your bums is st- yeah, well, Tom Brady's yeah. kind of the exception, you know, <laughs> no, he is. I'm just saying that not everybody can be Tom Brady. Not everybody's going to be him. Like th- that's going to turn, you know, win championships with mediocre players. Yeah. Receiver, which is what Brady did most of his career. Speaking and, of, uh, hey, uh, I mean, Garopp- Garoppolo has been a little snake bit. I mean, the injuries I think are the main reason why why San Francisco is is looking to move on from him. And and again, with the trade that the 49ers made to move up to that number three pick, they're taking a quarterback. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it doesn't matter who they're taking a quarterback. You know, they're basically taking it. And the funny thing about that is, is that with the way that the, the the trade that they made and everything, they basically were saying we're quite content to take whoever the third quarterback is, which is kind of weird in a way. But you know that the, yeah, I know the, you know that the Jaguars are taking Lawrence, and you know that the Jets are taking a quarterback, probably Wilson. So, you know, the Niners would be like, okay, we'll take Trey Lance or Justin Fields or Mac Jones, whoever we feel is the third best guy. I mean, it was reported yesterday that the Bears are trying to trade up into the top five to draft a quarterback. I'm like, great, let's let's do it again and shit the bed. I don't know. know. Got to have somebody that can bring the talent along. We can draft <laughs> running there? backs. We could draft defensive players. We can draft special teamers. We could draft offensive linemen and all have all those players go to the Pro Bowl. But we can't draft a fucking quarterback. Yeah. Nope, nope, can't do it. So want to? So we have can't even trade for one <laughs> so properly. We, we have two other top. Like I have three other things here I wanted to quick talk about uh, in regards to football, and two of them, of course, have to do with uh, charges being brought against players, of course, or uh, people in the NFL. So I saw that uh, assault charges brought against Aaron Donald. Uh, cause he allegedly assaulted the Vincent Springs on April 11th in a bar fight. <laughs> like, like that's awesome. Like what the hell is wrong with these football players? Like they're, they're just, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's a catch 22 with them. 
it's hard like who's instigating them too at the same time but those things it's sometimes it's hard when you're when you're a manly man to uh walk away from shit well, it, so it makes you it makes you wonder shit instigating. because the nfl know. the nfl and somebody correct me if i'm wrong the nfl's testing process for steroids is not very stringent it's not strict it's kind of lackadaisical Ooh. it's kind of like um we'll call you in if we think you are possibly doing steroids. Like it's not like mandatory testing. Uh, I think like the MLB has mandatory testing every so often. I thought, I thought they changed it. Yeah. I think they, I think they changed that several years my ago was, to be more strict. Are all these guys, are some of these guys doing too much steroids and they just got a lot of, <laughs> you know, steroid rage going on, roid rage. So yeah, this is manly pride. Manly pride. Manly uh, I think pride. I think it, I think it's guys just you know letting themselves get caught in the heat of the moment and not yes not, not, not knowing when to walk away not thinking things through and and stuff like that but uh, I mean they they have to have a steroid testing policy in the in the NFL they just, I know they do but I feel like it when it was brought when it was compared to like the MLB's steroid testing policy, it was very lax compared to the MLB. I, and that could have changed over years, but I, cause I haven't heard anything in the news about that in a long time. So who knows what it could be now? I, yeah. I think they do have a strict policy. I mean, you're just not going to hear about it because which sport had the most controversy with steroids? Major baseball. league baseball. <laughs> yeah. I, my favorite and I'm not, I'm not trying, Pat, I'm not bringing this up to take a pot shot at Penn State. I'm just, my favorite Roy Rage thing I've ever seen in person is when Penn State played Purdue and I was at the game, like LeVar Arrington, like, took out the kicker. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the thing about that is that. <laughs> he did twice in his career, so the first time is an accident. The second time you have to start wondering. Yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you just go. You know what? Those motherfuckers have it so goddamn easy. <laughs> they, just need to get, they, just, they just need to get blasted. Yes. You know, so I'll I just got to, I was at that game and I saw it happen and I'm like, holy shit, that is bright rage if I've ever seen <laughs> that kicker's dead. Um, and then of course the last charge, and then I have the, a bigger topic that I think we'll all have some good information, good thoughts on. Uh Britt Reed was evidently officially charged with felony DUI uh, and could face seven years in prison because of, uh, if everybody remembers, right before the Super Bowl, um, he had some drinks and was on like Adderall or something like that, some kind of medication, and was driving under the influence and ended up being in a horrible accident, which put a five-year-old girl in the hospital in a coma, which is absolutely terrible and for those of you that don't know anything about Britt reed uh including anybody on this on the on the podcast here right now my co-host he was also a had a dwi when he was in philadelphia before he even started coaching like he ran like a stop sign or something like that and crashed his car while he was drunk so it's not like the first time so this guy um are we talking about Britt reed or the uso brothers <laughs> no, Britt Reed. <laughs> <laughs> We're the Uso brothers. Uh... It's it's just like 
some people Lord. just never learn and think they're above or can control the habits that they have. This guy is somebody yeah. who knows he has a drinking problem or had a drinking problem, decided it was okay was. to fucking have a couple of drinks on top of his medication that when you take this medication, it amplifies the effects of alcohol in your system and decided it's okay to drive. And, you know... It, some people just like that. They I, just, in, they in just my, don't understand. Because it involved injury, not to himself, but to other people, regardless if it was a five-year-old girl or not, and it's horrible that it's a kid because that's somebody that has their whole life ahead of them. This guy should get to seven years. Like, there should be no question about it. It should be like, here's your seven years, and good luck with your life. And I hope you remember this every day. Like, yeah, that's just really my personal cool. opinion. Cause I have kids and I, and I would be damned if somebody wrecked into me, regardless of who they are and like thinks they're going to get off scot-free for injuring my family. Especially drinking under influence and things of that nature. Yeah. yeah he definitely needs a, it's uh, I mean, this, this is not really fair to lay it at this person's shoes and everything, but I mean, this is not the first of Andy Reed's offspring who had, no issues because we know his one son of course died of a heroin overdose several years ago mm-hmm. um, he, he, i don't want to be one of those people that's going to bring be like with those knee-jerk reactions but i'm, I'm gonna be it's like okay oh my god what kind of a parent will see you then if he's got his kids growing up to be adults and, and doing this kind of stuff and but it really makes you wonder because I, I know that i think people I've done more research into the subject and find that there are like, like genetic uh, indicators uh, for like addiction and everything. And so maybe the two types of addictions now that have, have afflicted his sons here in, in, in very different ways. Um, yeah. So it makes you wonder if there's something like that going on. I mean, it's, it's, it's a sad story. I obviously absolutely horrible. Of course, what happened to that, that poor child. Um, and yeah, it's like, I'm fully with you there, you know, throw the book at him. He, he really deserves the, uh, the fullest extent. And of course you, uh, you know, you can make an argument that seven years isn't sufficient. No, um, definitely. It's like, it's like how much, how much more potentially severe would it be if the, if the child had died? Like, yeah, I was like, mm-hmm. what's like the maximum penalty for like, you know, vehicular manslaughter or whatever charge it would be, you know, it's like, I don't know if it's that many more years. And, um, you know, if you're going to, I hate this, I, I hate this thought, I guess, that because you're drunk or impaired by whatever drug, that it makes you less responsible. Uh, I don't, I don't really buy that. No. I mean, you made the choice to ingest whatever, you know, uh, you know, the drink what you drink or mm-hmm. shoot up what you shot up or snort what you say you know you know what i mean you know it's like you made that choice originally so just because you were under the influence at the time where the tragic incident occurred i mean you were once before that fully capable of your faculties and you made a very horrible choice and yeah it's just it's just terrible to think about Mm -hmm. no it is all right so just just because i'm i happen to be paying attention to the basketball game somebody just listen to the stat Uh-oh. so 
career games with eight threes or more. Steph's at 56. Jeez. And the next closest person's at 20. <laughs> Is that Reggie? No, it's Lillard. Wow. Uh, yeah, I can see that. 56 yeah. games with the eight threes, guys. That's nuts. I, I know that they don't play defense and stuff, whatever. That is nuts. I didn't know he had that many. I didn't even know he was there with that many. Eight threes, 56 games. That's crazy. Yeah, that's, 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 a, little, that's a big gap there between first and second. I'll say that. That's Sorry. Sure. That's okay. No, 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 no. That's a good stat. That's, that's crazy. What a freaking ball hog, man. <laughs> he doesn't usually shoot the ball more than like 20 or 25 times a game, though. He doesn't chuck up like a ton of shots. Like he has to more now. Like my friend Jay told me the other day, he's like, I kind of like it when Durant's not there because we get to see Steph go off way more now because he has to do more. <laughs> yeah. He's recovered the score true. more. So, he, so we get more opportunities to see him blow up than we probably did back when like Durant was there. So yeah, even before Durant was there, just him and Clay. They were sharing a lot of it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna rock my 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 stumper trivia question here. All right. You, and then we'll go gentlemen. into my to we'll go into the big news that happened this week. In NFL. So go ahead. What's the stumper here, Holmes? In 1977, which by the way is the best year because that's the year I was born. <laughs> name me the now back in the major league baseball in the 70s, there was only four divisions, two in each Hush. American League and National, two in each. That's not so, nice. Joe's talking. So, <laughs> so name me the player that played for a team in each division and hit a home run with that team in each division. In 1977? 1970s? 1977. This baseball player played for four different well, Pat's teams. Pat's the only one that has a chance at this because I was two. <laughs> I don't give a shit about anything that happened in baseball before my lifetime. So. Oh my goodness. You, you were born before 77 though. Even before your lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> so it technically is in your lifetime. Yeah, I know, but I was two. I don't, I don't, I didn't pay attention to sports until I was probably nine or 10. So. I know. I have no clue. Boy, I don't even think I know a baseball player in <laughs> the set. Well, no, I know. I know a baseball player in the seventies, but yeah, these, these, these uh, poor people we we're on a podcast with. These, I, I, these was gonna, I was going to say, Jeremy, as a Phillies fan, you have to know at least one player. Yeah. I know one player that was in the seventies. I don't <laughs> Um, like Michael, you, Michael, you, you, Michael Jack. I mean, if it's not Mike Schmidt, it better be Steve Carlton or somebody. Yes, I know. know a couple Phillies that were in the seventies, but it's funny to look at the seventies and be like, who the hell played in the seventies? Like, <laughs> cause I got to go to 1980. I'm like, okay, if they played in 80, they probably played in 77 and maybe in a rookie year or something like that. <laughs> They're just not like us, Pat. They're just not like us. You're right. I am definitely not the, uh, <laughs> Um, I'm definitely not a, a, a connoisseur of America's sport. <laughs> America's From before I was before I care. <laughs> no fun, uh, guys. Pat. <laughs> Go ahead, Pat. Let's see if you can do this. So again, you said it was 1977. Don't be fucking googling shit either. I'm not Googling. I, I just want to make sure I got the parameters of the question. Yes. You said this guy from 1977, he played for a, a different team in all four divisions. Yes. And he hit, and he hit a home run for these, uh, for, for these for teams. For those teams. Yes. I want to say. Mm, this ought to be interesting. That was a guy who 
finish his career with over 400 home runs. He's going to get this. I know. He's was also the way he leads it on. Like, of, he doesn't know. Kind of, <laughs> he, he was also kind of one of the worst players because he always had, like, low batting averages and he struck out a lot. I believe that was Mr. Dave Kingman. Correct. Wow. I don't know. I've never even heard that. Yeah, I don't know who that is. <laughs> David Kingman in 1977 played for the Mets in the East, the Padres in the West, the Angels in the American League West, and the Yankees in the American League East. Jesus. He, he bounced around a lot. Baseball journeyman. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he played for he, – he started with the Giants, then he went to the Mets, then he had that whole big season like Joe just said. Then he went to the Cubs, then he went back to the Mets, and then he finished his career for the A's. Oh, and he was definitely a power hitter because, again, he hit 442 home runs and only 6,600 career at-bats. I mean, so he could hit the ball out of the park, but he only hit 236. And he struck, and he struck out 1,816 times. And, like, he led the league in strikeout three times, and he struck out – he struck out 150 times a year when guys didn't strike out, uh, like, 100 times a year. So um, he, he was definitely one of the uh, like the all or nothing players. But uh, and because he was a DH, because he couldn't really play a position, his uh, his career war as it is, because that's like the, the big stat that, you know, yeah. baseball and I had to try to compare players across era is uh, is pretty low, especially for the amount of home runs that he hit. So it's like if he couldn't hit home runs, he would have been like one of the worst players. But yeah, his 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 1977 season was uh, was was pretty crazy because like he he started with the Mets, he was traded to the Padres on June 15th. The Padres waived him, and the Angels claimed him on September 6th. Then on September 15th, the Angels traded him to the Yankees. Yeah. All right. So very interesting stumper there, Joe. Uh, yes, me and Pat like the history of sports. It's okay. <laughs> I'll um, try to pick something a little bit more current for you, so younger, I'll share, older gentlemen. I'll share out my screen here again because <laughs> this is right on our topic here. And as you can see, the headline says, 11 receivers who should get into the Hall of Fame before Julian Edelman. Um, because huh, Probably all we, of them. <laughs> because we learned that Julian Edelman announced that he is officially retiring and he will not be back for another season, which – um, somebody oh. said, uh, I think it was um, Colin Cowherd said that um, oh, that, <laughs> that expect a call from Tom Brady and he'll be back next year, uh, which I don't know if I believe that or not, but <laughs> it's no, a possibility. Hey, hey, it uh, it worked with Gronk, I guess, right? Yeah, well, that was his point. Like, <laughs> Gronk was retired. So, yeah, um, Gronk's still in better shape than Edelman. Yeah. Gronk, yeah, and Gronk's also kind of a maniac, so I mean, yeah, I so expect here, that from Gronk. So now, while I am not a fan of the freaking Patriots by any means, like I can't stand the Patriots. Um, Julian Edelman, I think, has been a stand-up uh, person as far as like a football player goes, and he's had a pretty decent career. Like, not crazy good, but he's definitely going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, at some point in time, is he a first ballot guy? I don't no. think so. Based on his stats alone, if you just go by stats. Um, but when you look at this and this, in, this list was interesting. Cause like, I don't even like Pat might know some, uh, some more of these guys than I do. Um, 
AJ might know, or even you, Theo, I don't know, but I don't even know who Clifford Cliff Branch is. I've never heard that guy. Yeah. I, he, he my, for, uh, I want to say the Raiders. I think so. Uh, yeah. In, in the seventies, I believe. Here's my thing. I, I I'm, I'm, I'm torn at all, man. I, I'm not sure really if I, uh, I don't know if I, I think he's getting in. So I, don't I, know. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not positive. For me, he's like got a twenty percent chance to get in the Hall of Fame. I, yeah. I agree with Joe. Well, I, see. I, well, go ahead. No, go ahead, Pat. Well, what I was going to say is, I, I'm looking at his numbers. I'm on Pro Football Reference right now because well, I I'm see him there. Because I'm because I'm, I'm just that good. <laughs> um, I see him. They're, they're in. They're in. They're listed in the article that Jeremy Pitcher put up. Yeah. Right. Well, no, no, no. I'm, I'm looking at Edelman's numbers. I really don't understand why we're even having a discussion. His numbers are nowhere near Hall of Fame. Numbers. That's right. Yeah. If, if yeah. you look just at his regular season numbers, okay. His regular season numbers, he finished with 620 catches for 6,822 yards and 36 touchdowns. Those are nowhere near Hall of Fame numbers. Now, the thing, of course, that is obviously taking us into the Hall of Fame discussion is what he did in the playoffs. Uh, you know, in 19 mm-hmm. playoff games, he had 118 catches for 1,442 yards and five touchdowns. And, of course, he won a Super Bowl MVP. Um, I, I just don't know that that's enough to put him over the top because, again, if you look at his regular season numbers, you also look at his ranking, his, his uh, 620 receptions at 75th all time, yeah. 6,822 600, 6, yards. It's 156th all time. Uh, again, in the touchdowns, he's obviously nowhere near like the uh, uh, the top contenders. Um, Plus, no Pro Bowls and All Pros. That's that's yeah. that's that's a big key there too. Yes, yeah, so I, I just I can't really I, I can't really understand again why they think that he would be why why people think he's a Hall of Famer. I think it's I think it again is because they play with Brady. It's, it's the Super Bowl MVP, and I think it's the whole, like, well, he played for the Patriots. So, yeah, he won how many Super Bowls during his time there and everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's much different as a receiver to have Super Bowls than to be a quarterback and have Super Bowls. Yeah. So, yeah. Because, hey, even the punter gets a Super Bowl ring. Damn right he does. <laughs> no, it's um... I mean, the, the funny thing is, though, I mean, like, because you still got up there. I mean, 11 receivers who deserve to be in can over Julian Edelman. Uh, you know, I look at that list, and a couple of them I'm definitely saying yes, like Reggie Wayne. Yeah, Hines uh, Ward. Yeah, but then there's, like, John Taylor, and I'm like, no. But John, no, John, that Taylor, not, John Taylor, to me, is not a Hall of Famer, so I should no, Julian those numbers Edelman. are terrible. He's, he's had a good couple. He had several good years. Yeah, I mean, no, John, John Taylor played second fiddle to Jerry Rice his whole career. Yes. So, yeah. and John Taylor's you know most shining moment, of course, was catching the super was catching the touchdown for Montana at the end of Super Bowl twenty three. Um, but like to me, it's like so. If somebody's putting like, well, here's eleven guys who deserve to be in the Hall of Fame over Julian Edelman, and I'm finding even one guy on that list who, <laughs> in my mind, is also not a Hall of Famer. Then, then that guy. <laughs> And well, again, I just I'm just picking him out. I don't know enough about some of the older guys there, like Otis Taylor and Harold Jackson, to really to, to know enough about their career. And I'm on the fence about guys like Andre Johnson and Sterling Sharp. So um, it, it's it's like to me, it's like if I can find somebody on your list who, in my mind, is also not a Hall of Famer, 
then the guy who we're saying is not as good as those guys is also not a Hall of Famer. Yeah. So it's, it's just one of those things. I mean, in some of these positions, you got to remember Sterling Sharp was, he wasn't even a wide receiver. He was, a, wasn't he? Oh, a that's Shannon Sharp. Oh, that was Shannon Sharp. I'm sorry. Shannon, Shannon Sharp. was a tight end. Yeah. And, Shannon, he, Sharp, and, and Shannon Sharp and Shannon Sharp is in the Hall of Fame because yes. he was a yeah. tight end. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I mean, if you're going to be a wide receiver, really you got to at least have 10,000 yards. 10,000 yards, I think, is respectable as a wide receiver. And there's. For, some, and, for, for somebody who played in this era of the NFL, yeah. I think yeah. you do have to have. I think you do have to have pretty big numbers. Well, yeah. And, there, and there's what hinders Julian Edelman. So if you look at Julian Edelman's career, he was a slot receiver. Slot receivers usually don't get a lot of yards, they're over the middle. It's catch, get tackled. He wasn't the main receiver. He was a number two receiver most of his career, if not sometimes number three, depending on who they had as far as receiving core. So he's not going to have the yards. He's not going to have the catches. He's not going to have the touchdowns unless he breaks one, which he didn't do a lot. He's more known for the punt returns that he's broken for touchdowns than he, than he should be for being a, one of the, um, you know, greatest receivers of the play, you know, because he did some th- he did punt returns and returned a couple, you know, returns, you know, and a lot of people don't do that. That's a pretty good, that's a craft that um, as a returner that you have to hone to be able to find those seams and get to the, you know, Devin Hester um, who played for, he belongs Bears. in the hall of fame. Hands <laughs> down. Don't even start. I wasn't going to uh, say anything about him being know. in the hall of fame, but there's a guy. Greatest returner that, of all time is was a master at the return game but when it came to being receiver he was, yeah, he, was, a he, was he was average, he was average. <laughs> you know so he only had 16 career receiving touchdowns that was late in his career still yeah. return so, he plugs yeah so i mean if they put guys in for just special teams then yeah he probably does deserve to be in julian Edelman maybe gets in because of what he did as a special teams punt returner you know but no no i'm not saying he will but I'm saying maybe that's why he gets in. I don't think but, he gets in. So. But his stats alone are definitely not something that carries him into the Hall of Fame as a wide receiver. And it's a shame because he is a really good guy and he, you know, he played a long time. But you got to have, you know, it, I hate to say it, but you got to have the numbers as a receiver. You can't have low numbers as a receiver. He gets in if he they have no one to put in as a wide receiver, which won't happen because we have we have receivers that are towards the end of their career now and players who are in the beginning or middle of their career now that once they're done they'll be their names will be getting called way before this guy's oh yeah there's a lot of studs that are going to retire uh and be eligible a year after him that they're going and guys that are going to be eligible at the same time as him or are already eligible that are going to get in before him so yeah. he's always going to be at the end of the list, unfortunately. So I, I shouldn't say I, unfortunately. I, he just will be at the end of the list usually. I also like how I saw there was like a Boston area writer who, who wrote an article saying like, 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 you know, oh, Julian Edelman's not a Hall of Famer and that's okay. And then for whatever reason, he just compared Julian Edelman to Eli Manning saying that Eli Manning's not a Hall of Famer for the same reason that Julian Edelman's not a Hall of Famer. Which, struck me, which struck me as being like... Is he uh, disgruntled? Uh, yeah, which struck me really is quite frankly being a guy who's still pissed off that Eli beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl twice yeah. because it's like, okay, we just said that, and, and I'm not trying to make this comparison because it's a total apples-oranges comparison. Eli Manning, for what you want to say, he's in the top 10 all-time in passing yardage and touchdowns, you know, 
Like yeah. he is top ten. You can argue, argue he wasn't ever that great. He didn't have that many like you know all pros and Pro Bowls and stuff like that. But he also was Super Bowl MVP twice. Um, mm-hmm. So I think his like postseason stuff puts him over the top. But again, his regular season numbers are also not like as low as Edelman's are. So it's, it, it struck me as being a very uh, a very out of left field comparison. I think what would have saved Eli's career a little bit is if he would have retired a couple years ago instead of waiting so long. Um, I mean, it might have in, in some in some respects, yes, because you know he the last few years were were ugly for various reasons. Um, I of course blame the front office because I feel like they wasted the last I feel like after they won Super Bowl 46 the Giants front office basically just did made a series of moves uh throughout the rest of the year that basically just wasted the, the last half of Eli's career there so yeah all right on to some wrestling news okay. unless you got something so, else not to so Steph now just became <laughs> he's had 10 threes in three of the last four games my so, God, AJ, why don't you just marry Steph? <laughs> Give him a big He's already going on now, but this is crazy. He's yeah. he's at 20 games now with 10 threes or more, and the next closest person to that one's at five. Jeez. Probably Lillard as well. Yeah. So, no, crazy. Clay. No, okay. But the three game, three times in four games is more impressive to me. That's nuts. Yeah, I mean, that's just – that's i mean what are you gonna do against somebody like i'll never forget and i know we're kind of going back to basketball but that's okay well, this, i just brought it up we'll, we'll, i just i was i was just trying to yeah but there's this one clip of him shooting a three with his eyes closed <laughs> and like it swooshes like it wasn't like a bangs around the rim it went swoosh and it's Repetition. like like the kind muscle of muscle memory. memory that that requires. And this is what little kids, and this is what kids don't understand. If you want to be that good and you think you're a three point shooter, you got to shoot hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of three pointers with good form. So your muscles remember how to shoot the ball. It's not like, Oh, I just jack up threes. No, it's a technique. It's a, I, it's a way of I, life. I spent a whole summer. My, 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 my summer in between my like junior and senior year, I got in a lot of trouble. So my parents grounded. What? Me <laughs> what so did you do? I son? Spent a whole summer in the driveway, extending my three point range. It wasn't like it happened overnight. It was a whole summer. And, and I don't make all of them, but I, I don't really know anybody. I've never really met anybody or played with anybody that has the consistent range that I do, but I didn't happen overnight. It's, it was something I had to work at over time to get better at yeah yeah and kids just don't get that it's like they it don't happen overnight yeah. nope yeah um well i mean you talk about steph being able to make those threes with his eyes closed i mean you know lebron made that shot from all the way across the court though shut up <laughs> shut up <laughs> such a I, jerk you know you know what i'm referring to right uh, yes, I do. That that commercial from several years ago. Mm-hmm. You don't know how many people came up to me and said, "Was he really doing that?" Yeah, he really did I'm like, that. I'm like, yes, he was taking a simple jump shot, and it was traveling that distance, and he was just swishing it. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. Now we can talk about wrestling. Yeah, let's go on to some wrestling news, and then we'll hit up baseball. Because uh, I don't had, think there had, was any hockey news this year, this we week. 
get Black Wednesday for the second year in a row. WWE cut a bunch of people. Black yeah. Wednesday. That sounds awesome. <laughs> well, it's it's it, it's because of what they did last year. It, you know, and they cut and like it, twenty people last year. At least it was only and, eleven or ten this year. Yeah, and I mean it does happen pretty regularly every year, usually after WrestleMania, where they just they're like, all right, time to trim the fat. You know, most of them. I don't think her Samoa Joe would be the biggest head scratcher of the group to me by far. Yeah, absolutely. They cut Samoa Joe. Yes, they, they cut did. Samoa Joe. <laughs> I, uh, I I can understand that for for one reason. If they didn't think that they were going to clear him anytime soon, um, I mean, if he I don't goes to AEW for a year and then wrestles well, for a year, I'd be okay with that. Okay. Counterpoint. He doesn't have a lot of wrestling left in him, but... Counterpoint. Let's say he shows up in AEW after 90 days. What's he going to do? Who's he going to work he, with? He can fight what, what, Moxley what or somebody gonna, or Omega. What, what difference is he going to make? There. I just... I, I, I don't see it because I... that That's because I don't think AEW knows what to do. AEW needs to get rid of people, not bring in new people. Their, their roster is bloated beyond belief, so... They need a second show per se, but so, I, I think they need yeah. But it's like they're that's like a solution in search of a problem almost. The problem is basically yeah. that they have too many guys on their roster. Yeah, a second show could help, but to, to what extent really? I mean, because they're they'll be pressured still at some extent to to put the best guys on the second show at some point though. Joe yeah, Joe was like, really Joe was really upset because the iconics got cut. So I mean, I they. they <laughs> They were the, so sad. I was. They were the ones who I think were actually the most surprising to me because they were the ones who were on that list. So I felt like there was still the most potential to do something with. But yeah, and that actually did surprise me that they were on there. Uh, uh, I, like, it was. I, I feel like it's not like, it's not like well, they were the I think Peyton Royce. Well, Peyton Royce. I, out of everybody who was on that list. If you were to like to tell me like like rank them in likelihood of who's going to go to AEW, I would definitely put Peyton Royce number one. Uh, it's mostly because of course her husband's there, um, but yeah, she's also the one who I think that, that there really is the most potential with still. They, they to me WrestleMania was was decent. Like I gave it a C plus. Then they followed that up with a terrible Raw and That's about a right. mediocre SmackDown. It was kind of a, they like went back to business as usual. So the highlight from Raw should not have been Charlotte coming back and cutting a promo. That should not have been the highlight. I did see that promo and that seemed to be the highlight. She was, yeah. she was really good. This is like the Charlotte I want. This is the, I don't give a fuck about anybody. And when she was like, karma is a bitch and I am that bitch. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I heard people say like it was one of the best, if not the best promo she's cut. And certainly the snippets I saw of it certainly seemed to be uh, like that she did it well and everything. It was. To be honest, though, that kind of Charlotte bores me. But I think she bores me. Like like her character, I think, has just always bored me because because it's like, oh, she is so good. So she's, it's, it's like, I think, watching Ric Flair in 1988. Um, it's it just gotten boring at this point. You know, it happens. I wouldn't say I. I mean, I could make plenty play. of references to people that were boring. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying that it's like Charlotte to me has also gotten a lot like Orton, 
like you know, or in one like he he gets into like you know like he gets like into like a heel run after a while. Uh, the sound of his voice bores me. Um, the way that he you know recites his lines bores me. It, it just it, obviously great in the ring. You know, never gonna you know criticize the in ring work, but like the character just kind of is like yeah. Oh, 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 oh. I don't. I don't. There's not a lot. Charlotte's not good as a face, yeah. so there's well, not. I know that's 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 the problem. She she's really she really isn't. So, yeah. um, well, and Randy Orton, he talks his 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 cadence for the way he talks is. That's exactly what I'm talking. I about. am the Viper. <laughs> like, yeah. talk a little bit faster. Talk with he, some enthusiasm. <laughs> he, he took uh, he took too many promo lessons from Triple H. <laughs> I am I, the game. I, I, this week. Yeah. I, I think the biggest I issue. I am the game. Oh, <laughs> I, I think the biggest issue with Charlotte, I get what you're saying with that, Pat, is like WWE has a trust with this female, this female, this one, and this, this one. And they trust them and they can count on them. And they can count on Charlotte. She does bust her ass and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. They count on them specific four or maybe five and all the rest. One time, one minute, they trust them. Then they don't. They do. They don't. They just, they're, they're, they're up and down with a whole bunch of all the other women. So it's kind of like she's kind of fallen into the John Cena effect where she's the company girl. So when they count on her and they need her, she's going to come. She's going to do what she always does. And in some people, it's going to get boring or the same old song and dance. So I get what you're saying with that. But the other side, too, is she is awesome. <laughs> yeah, she is. Saying, she's awesome. Yeah, but, but she's kind of starting to fall into that Cena but, effect where, where they're, where they're yeah. putting her in high programs right away to, to be and, in the title and, and face people. And what you're saying is right. It, there, it does seem to be excuse me it does seem to be a like um uh, a certain they trust charlotte they trust sasha right they trust bailey and, and becky right they're they're yep. that's exactly what i'm gonna say there's a hierarchy it's, it seems it's like for the women's division it's like it's the horsewomen are here everybody else is here yeah or here or and, here. and they, <laughs> they rolled the dice at wrestlemania they put the belts on some younger people i don't think right. so well, they were necessarily well, that's the, the right choices but we'll see how long it lasts with them Right, so so we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes with with Bianca, and hopefully, like she succeeds. But like you always felt like they never quite trusted Oscar, and obviously, the language issue is is a reason why. Yeah. But um, I mean, again, I, I still rewind the clocks back here. I'm still shocked that Becky beat Shayna. You know, I figured that was like the most obvious, like. You know, and now Shayna's got completely lost in the shuffle. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I felt like that was like the most obvious, uh, you know, time for a ch- for a title change, uh, and they didn't do it. So, kind of tells you something there. Yeah, they didn't for have me, trust in Shayna. For me, right but... now with Charlotte, uh, uh, she's going to fight Oscar next week, right? On Raw. Yes. So my thing is, let her have her feud with Oscar right now. Not Rhea. And let, yeah, or, and I mean, let, yeah, not Rhea. Yeah, you're not Rhea. Let Rhea do her thing. What's what three? If if you're gonna put the the all three belts, all three title belts, NXT, whatever, uh, mm-hmm. SmackDown or Raw, they're all it's an NXT girl and two former NXT girls. 
you're going to put them on the younger, the younger females, fine. Let them run with it for several months. Keep, to be honest with you, if you want Bianca to still feel with Sasha, okay, that one's fine. But let's, let's put some new, new women with them and see what happens with them. Push some people up. You're going to bring somebody from NXT up. Great. If you're not, let's give some of the other girls a chance to wrestle against them and see what happens. I mean, to be honest with you, I know Shayna and, and Nia still have the tag belts, but maybe it's time for, you know, they might still have the belts. Well, Shayna feud with Rhea or somebody. Let's, let's, let's throw some I mean, Shayna and Rhea have, lines in there. There's unfinished business with Shayna and Rhea there. So that's definitely a storyline. That yeah. They could, yeah. They and I think they should, they should, they should use that, but let's, let's see what they do. Let's they keep those really- four girls. Like let's, let's, cause that's another thing too. Like, I kind of feel like they need, like the, the women's division needs a mid card belt. But then again, you know, let's, we've seen what they've done with the men's mid card belt in the past 20 fucking years. They pretty much shit on it. Mm-hmm. So is it worth giving another belt to the women? Because we're not sure what they're going to do with it or utilize no, it properly. Because- I mean, uh, I, I've always said it's like it seems like they can't book any women's feud unless there's a belt involved. But so See, creating a belt, it, it, it's a solution in search of a problem almost. Yeah, you know, situation yeah. too. But the, the 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 women's tag belts, I think, are unfortunately too much treated like too much of a of an afterthought because of the way that they do kind of go between the shows. Because there's there's like no consistent challenger and no consistent program. But I also just say this. Um, if Charlotte beats Rhea for that title anytime within the next four months, that's a huge mistake. It's, it's, yeah, it's a waste. Mistake. I think most people would regard the fact that Charlotte beat Rhea last year was a big mistake because how did it help either one of them? I mean, like, what did Charlotte winning the NXT women's title at that point really do for her? And it certainly didn't help Rhea any. So I mean, Rhea's really Rhea's really got to have, I think, a pretty decent run with this belt right now. But yeah, I mean, should she feud with Charlotte at some point? Yeah, definitely. But Charlotte should be putting her over. So, yeah, but I, it'll I, be interesting. I, I, I have a feeling they'll go. I have a feeling they'll go and they'll do like another like hot potato thing where they'll like have Charlotte beat her for it at one pay per view. Rhea beats her for it again. The next <laughs> where does and Becky? I, like, I feel like Becky has to reappear somewhere in this. I feel like her and Rhea. Is way more appealing than putting Becky on SmackDown. We'll see. I mean, that's something they'll have to figure out. Um, Plus, we might have a draft in between her that and uh, Becky coming back too. At, at this at this point, though, I wouldn't rush to bring Becky back. Uh, no, I don't think they should. Yeah, I, I definitely don't think they should. So, I mean, let, let, let I mean let her for, well, first of all let her let her let it be let let the ball be in her court as far as saying. The, like okay, I'm ready to come back, as opposed to them saying, "Oh my God, we need you back now." They don't uh, need her. Yeah, I I don't think so. I think they're doing okay in that sense without her. But again, let her be the one to say, "Okay, I'm ready to come back." Wait six months, and, bring her back, bring Ronda back, so we can set up WrestleMania next year. Yeah, and then Not only that. But if they're gonna bring if they're gonna bring talent back, put matches on the damn show. Stop recapping all the time. Put no, the match on the show instead of being idiots. That's unwatchable. They've basically and all they're doing with everybody is they're they're like rehashing the programs from WrestleMania with everybody. They didn't really introduce anything super new. I'm like, oh, okay, we're gonna get to see all rematches at WrestleMania Backlash because we can't just call it Backlash. We have to call it WrestleMania 
backlash, completely unnecessary. Wow. For those yep. of you, for those of you who never understood why we called it backlash in the first place. <laughs> so the it's other, the, the, other thing that, the other thing that I can throw out there is um, I I pay a lot more attention to Meltzer's like ratings now. I've been paying mm-hmm. more attention to his ratings now because he's that person. So like <laughs> whether you stars. like him, whether you like him or not, he's that person whose opinion does matter. He's been doing this for years. So What's his he, website? Wrestling Observer is what he so his ratings, he released his ratings for WrestleMania this week. So he gave the triple threat match four and a half stars. That was the highest rated match. He gave Bianca and Sasha four. He gave Rollins and Cesaro four. I don't have a problem with any of those ratings. I don't, I, he gave Sammy and Kevin three and three quarters. He could have bumped that before. It would have been fine. And then he gave Jeremy's favorite match, Bad Bunny, 3.75. So to me, the, the, the five matches he gave the highest scores were the five matches I thought were the best matches at WrestleMania. So I didn't really have an issue with, with his ratings. You could bump something a quarter of a star here or there maybe, but I don't think he was drastically wrong. But the, the thing that happened to make this worse for all the internet nerds and all the people that hate Dave Meltzer is uh-huh. Wednesday night on AEW, the Young Bucks and the Death Triangle had the best match I've seen this year. That and match was awesome. He, he gave it five stars, and everybody's like, oh, my God, here goes Dave again, doing this and doing that. That was the best match I saw <laughs> in the last two weeks was that match. I said it as soon as it was over. This match was better than anything at WrestleMania or the TakeOver. And all these internet people are mad because he's given the Young Bucks five stars. Joe just said he watched the match. The match was fucking awesome. It, so it was. It's I, heel Young Bucks and it's 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 more when the, the Young Bucks are heel, they don't do as much high-flying stuff. They do, but it's not as much and they do more in-ring and they do like more of the heelish like I'm gonna beat you up and all that shit. And but the match, the match was really it, and it I watched, worthy five stars. I watched the takeover. Who who they wrestled? I'm sorry. The death tri- They wrestled Pac and Phoenix. Yeah. And so pa- yeah, <laughs> Pac's awesome. Pac's so, really good, and I I'm a fan of Phoenix. Phoenix is fucking awesome. I watched the takeover. So and and the takeover was good. It was better than WrestleMania, but the match that seems to be drawing the ire of some people is the Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole match. I am a mark. Adam Cole is my favorite wrestler. I want him to have the best match every night out. People are saying that match should have been five stars. That match was not a five-star match. And, and they're like, this is, those are the people who are getting mad because he gave the Young Bucks match five stars. They're like, why wasn't this match five stars? I don't think that match was a five-star match. Neither does Joe. No, so it wasn't. It just, it's not it, the type of match, no. People hate Meltzer so much at this point, they just are looking for any reason to like bitch and moan about him. And I don't think, I think me and Joe don't think he was wrong. That match on Wednesday was fantastic. I, and I, well, I think, sorry to interrupt, I, I think it's because a lot of people. No, it's feel, okay, Pat. I feel like people, and I, I said this myself, just feel like Meltzer just, you know, kisses the ass of the Bucks and Omega. So they, they are. They are in some of the best matches consistently, though. This this, this didn't just happen by accident. Those guys are I, in the in the best matches most of the time. Yeah, I've I've never I've never fully bought into the Young Bucks because I just feel like they're spot monkeys. Um, I mean, there 
As I've seen do a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean I, I've seen I've seen stuff of theirs that I like. I've seen stuff of theirs that I thought was ridiculous. I'm gonna go watch that match um, because you know you're saying it's good. So hey, I want to see a good wrestling match. So because you mentioned uh, his, his star ratings, um, I feel like four and a half was a little too high for that triple threat match. I mean, if you gave it four and a quarter or four, I would have been okay with it. I, I, I feel just... like I, I feel like it was a four star match, but. Mm-hmm. I gotta do this. God damn! I gotta bring up Cornette. No oh boy. Here we go. <laughs> Another guy that people love to hate. This is gonna get good old Jim Cornette. This is gonna get more hmm. general because I'm actually curious to hear your guys' opinions. Okay. 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 So he did it like on his because he does two podcasts a week and on his Tuesday one he did his big WrestleMania review. He does two a uh, week. Well, that's too much for him. spoiler alert um he didn't like a lot of it uh he he uh he did like some parts of it he liked like he liked the cesaro rollins match he liked Rhea winning though he's not a big fan of oscar um he had he said a lot of the same things that we did like he thought the ending to the lashley mcintyre match was yeah it was weaker than weak um but he surprisingly to me I, because I quite frankly was expecting him to say that it was good. He did not like the triple threat match all that much. And hmm. the primary reason was this he doesn't like the WWE stipulation of the triple threat match, which is that it's automatically no disqualification. To him, that means it's lazy booking because then there's, you, you know, you can just ignore the rules. You can do it where it's like, you know, you know, one guy gets taken out of the match for like three or four minutes, you know, he disappears and then like they repeat it with like the next guy and, and everything like that. So in the general sense, not specifically applying it to the Reigns Edge Brian match from WrestleMania. Right. But do you think there's any merit in what he's saying in that when you book a triple threat match and you automatically make a no disqualification that it can hurt the match because it, 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 it makes you not have to think as hard about how you're like getting to the end. It's, it's a, this is, we already kind of hit on this when he said he thinks no DQ matches are lazy booking. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. He, they're not all the time a bad decision. So it's, it's a, it's a case by case basis. I don't have a problem with that stipulation being in the triple threat matches for WWE because I've been watching it for so long that I expected we were going to see some kind of interference from the Russo in that match. Like we all knew that was coming. So I don't, I think, I think that's one of his big complaints was that there was too much Jey Uso in the match. I mean, there, um, there was, but that's Roman Reigns' whole thing right now. Like that's part of his shtick and his gimmick and stuff is the, the members of his family help him win sometimes. That's part of what makes him the tribal chief and stuff. So if you can't have that, you're kind of taking away from what's making Roman Roman. I mean, that's what Adam Cole did for three years. And he always had his lackeys. He was the heel champion. He always had his lackeys helping him. Yeah. And that's kind of the heel wrestling thing. You you, you cheat to win sometimes. And, and that's what's made Roman Roman. Well, that's cheat to win. Well, that's what WWE's turned every heel into is a cheat to win kind of heel. Uh, it, I, at least I feel like that. At least the, uh, when it comes to the male wrestlers, maybe not the females so much, but for the male wrestlers, it's like every male wrestler's got to be a cheat to win 
heel wrestler and it unless gets you're, unless, you're, unless you're Brock right like. unless you're Brock yeah, yeah and, and the, funny, the funny thing is the funny thing is guys like Lashley and Roman shouldn't be cheat to win guys because they are huge guys you know so they, they, they shouldn't have to cheat to win right it you makes sense with Roman's gimmick right now it that's does. the only reason that's, that's, the, that's only the only reason, reason. Yeah, is it like doing, it's like doing it once in a while is fine, but it's like they shouldn't have to rely on. Them. I actually agree with Cornette. I I get tired of seeing the no DQ and triple threat matches. I think um, they just do no DQ too many times yeah, overall. I, there's certain triple threat matches where you, that, there, there's there's no need for a, a no DQ. Yeah, and, and, I, and, and that's something else that he was saying, like what what Jeremy just said. There's too much no DQ. Yeah, um, because like I think there was other matches on that card that, of course, were were no DQ. So yeah, it just it makes every match. You might as well just call it the freaking uh, extreme rules match because every yeah. every match is turning into that. Then the, um, the other thing too is like I, I get like Roman's is stick right now with you know Uso helping him all the time or interfering. I still think if that match was a what you know there was DQ in it. Uso still could have came down and, and done stuff and they could have played it off where, you know, a ref bump getting the ref getting distracted by Heyman, whatever, some old school stuff or whatever. You just multiple ways you can do it where Uso can still get involved, use a chair, whatever the case may be. But yeah. I kind of agree with them. It's, it's like anytime you have a match as like a triple threat, a four way, like everything just seems to be a no DQ. Like where, where, where are you putting the limits in, re, in regards to that? You need to, Tame that down. Yeah. Just they, just a notch. They need to look at the the gimmick of the characters in it and say, does this make sense based on the does character's gimmick? If it doesn't make sense to have it in no DQ, then it doesn't. Maybe we don't need to do that for this match. The WrestleMania one, it made sense because, as AJ's mentioned, Roman Reigns' stick, his gimmick right now is he's the head of the head of the table. He's the tribal chief. So he's going to have lackeys that are going to interfere in his match. So it's got to be no DQ so he doesn't get disqualified for the match and there's an, a true winner of the match. Yeah, he can't use the DQ as keeping his title stuff all that good. Part. I mean, WWE's been doing this. They love the triple threat match. They love the triple threat match at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And they, they, so there are times, Pat, where he's right. They're probably there. WWE is guilty of lazy booking for sure. Like they're there. I'm not going to argue with them. It doesn't even have to be a triple threat match with no DQ for them to be guilty of lazy booking. So yeah. they're doing lazy booking right now because instead of trying some new stuff, we're just going to book the same fucking feuds from WrestleMania and do them all over again. Cause that sounds like a fantastic idea. Because we couldn't get enough of WrestleMania in two nights, we need to see it again one and, whole and more night. <laughs> here's here's a you know, and I I like AEW, but I I will pick on AEW from time to time. They've turned into let's have a big brawl at the end of the night with lots of interference and stuff. Like that's every God. fucking week. It's like the end. It's like the NWO on WCW at the end of the episode. <laughs> 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 yeah, this is like these random interferences and, and people coming out, and some of it's story related, some of it doesn't seem like it's story related. And I, I'm like, I don't know what, why, why, why all the time. Well, well, it's, hey, I mean, the, uh, the the last two episodes of Nitro the, on that review show were the 
the one where like uh, they came out and they attacked like you know Sting Luger and the Horsemen at the end, and then the one the week after that was where they came out and attacked the Horsemen in the Dungeon of Doom, and the Giant came out and turned heel for the first time of the uh, you know one thousand three hundred and eighty four times that he did so in his career. <laughs> So, um, but anyway, one, one other quick thing that I, I, I wanted to ask you guys about the um, the the triple threat at WrestleMania. Do you think it would have been better if it had been an elimination? Yes, I would have been I okay would, with that. I would have been down for that. That would have been something different they haven't done in a while. Yeah, because yeah, it's like I, I get why they like the triple threat match. I, I honestly do. And I know someone I like, else that used to like triple threat matches too. Uh, ECW? No. no. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Um, I was a little confused. I'm like, what? <laughs> he knew what I was talking about. Um, yeah, it's like, I, I feel like they don't do elimination matches often enough. And if their whole thing is like, well, you know, it'll take too long to, to do well, it. They had the women's tag team turmoil. That was an elimination it, style they match. They do it in tag teams, but they, <laughs> right, they but should do it more in like singles. I, yeah, that's a little, that little different because it, it's not like everybody's in the ring at the same time. And everything. In defense of myself on that one, Joe, I was trying to get everybody on the card. That more I know, I know. I that's know. exactly what the WWE tries to, try to do. They got everybody on the card. Yeah, but we were uh, a podunk federation with some of us were playing four characters. Some of us were just playing with ourselves. Someone else like triple threat matches too. That'll be discussed on a later episode, people. You'll find out about all that. I like elimination versions of them better, though. Yes. I think they're more, but I think they could be a lot more entertaining. Drama in that, in the elimination. My friend Zach actually pointed this out to me after WrestleMania. There was not a lot of drama in a lot of the WrestleMania matches. It wasn't just the women's matches. There wasn't a lot of false finishes in any of the matches. Which is surprising. Yeah, There was very minimal drama over the course of WrestleMania other than the triple threat main event. That's the only one. And once again, we don't need 15 AEW false finishes, but I would have been okay with three or four. Yeah. So it wasn't a drama. Right. I've said that too about like whenever I watch an episode of Dynamite and I'm like, why are there six false finishes on a goddamn television match? That's ridiculous. Like, you know, why are they kicking out of like what looks like finishing moves and stuff? Yeah, there was a a surprising lack of that at WrestleMania. And it's like, if there's any show that screams out for that, it is WrestleMania. It's like WrestleMania is the one time where it's like, I'm not going to complain if I'm seeing like, you know, Stone Cold kick out of the rock bottom and then the rock kick out of the stunner and everything. It's because it's WrestleMania. It, you should make, that's the whole point of making it feel special. You know, that's why you, that's why you kick out of that. It's like, and this is going back to the, to the pre-false finish era, but that's why, when do you have Hulk Hogan miss the leg drop? At WrestleMania. You know, when he's dropping the title to the Warriors. That's you, you because he it makes his those butt mo- hurts really bad. Well, yeah. <laughs> my ass, but, my like, ass. but that's what makes those moments feel special and feel important. So yeah, it's yeah. done too much on TV shows. That that uh that young bucks death triangle match. There's definitely false finishes in that match for sure. So well, I'm sure there is. But they yeah. were yeah. to me they were the, the problem with with some of the those teams that they have like the Bucks and they have Pac and Phoenix or Pac and Penta, whatever combination you're getting of those three in the death triangle, the Young Bucks have like 15 moves they can use as a finisher. <laughs> so 
Like they, they have a lot of tag team moves, whereas we don't see a lot of tag teams anymore that have like five tag team moves. The Bucks have about ten. So some something that if you don't watch them all the time, you could perceive it as a finisher. But like somebody like me and Joe who watch them all the time, we know that's not one of their finishers. So they do a lot of because there's there's one spot I distinctly remember where somebody was like trying to do like a snap suplex off of the ropes and it turned into a Canadian destroyer. It was fucking fucking fantastic. So innovative, like, different. They do some innovative stuff. And when you get Pac and Phoenix and any combination of those guys in the ring with the Young Bucks, you're probably going to get something. That, it was the first match in the show too. That sometimes AEW does their best match first. So it's weird that they don't save it for the end. They do it right off the bat. It's happened multiple times. Yeah, yeah. They, they're, that's kind of their thing for some reason. I don't know why. I mean, it's not that it's bad per se, but then depends what their ending is. Yeah, I might mean, not live the, up the ending the match ending. was fine. Darby doing the, doing the cough and drop off the top of that thing was cool. But we got the shenanigans with all the interference and stuff in that match. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And that's what kills it. Yeah. Hey, another quick question about AEW uh, with some of the stuff that I've been reading, like from the results over the last couple of weeks and everything. But is there anybody on their roster who is not in a faction? <laughs> well, it seems like, uh, like nothing. They it seems love like the faction in AEW. Yeah, yeah it seems like nothing about faction. Like thing. It's, it's like worse than the whole like you know gang war period there of WWF there in That's why I want them to have like like a. A three like a three-man tag team belt i think if any wrestling can get away with doing that it's them yeah they can get uh, away with the trios tag 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 belts i remember the wcw six-man tag belts <laughs> i yes, do too so do I. I do as well they they do have a lot of factions pat and i don't think that any i'm trying to think of somebody who's not in some kind of fa- they even have a we even have a job squad knockoff we have qt marshall's the factory which is the job squad, Mark, like rip off. And we had the, the guy from the Olympics the other day who punches somebody. He stole the big show's move for his finisher. So he did. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure who's shit. Who's not Moxley. He's not in a faction. No. But him but and Kingston are kind of a group. They, they yeah. don't have a name, but him and Kingston are kind yeah. of together. Yeah. I said like, and Darby Allen's tied with Sting, right? Yes. Yeah. So, I, that's crazy. Not really anybody that isn't tied to some kind of faction somehow. Well, what is it they're doing with Christian now? Like Taz is pissed that Christian didn't join his faction. Yes. So Christian's really? not in a in a group. Yeah, Christian's not. And Britt Baker is not in a group either. I thought she had hangers on though. She just has Rebel. She just has okay. Rebel, and she's just a valet. She's not. A, she's not a wrestler. So okay. So, so she it's could not, wrestle, it's not, but she's not. not. Quite, it's, it's not quite like Moxley and Sting or uh, Moxley and Kingston. No, Moxley no. and Fact, Mo- Moxley and Kingston actually, the two of them have been absolute entertainment together. They they're like an old married couple when they cut promos together. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. So, <laughs> Cornet has liked their promos a lot over the last yeah. couple of weeks. Their promos are pretty Perfect. fucking good. I mean, listen, Kingston's always. I, I've I've seen Kingston's promos in the indie circuit. He's he's always been he's always been good at it. Kingston reminds me of Kevin Owens a little bit. So he, he reminds me of Kevin Owens a little bit. So yeah, see the resemblance with that. Yeah, I, other, I, I don't know. Christian's the only one that's not. And Britt Baker. And Britt Baker. That's good. And, and I, 
I guess Miro right now because he kicked kicks because him and Kip Sabian broke up. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, Miro's on his own now. Uh, oh my God! The best man went away. <laughs> best man went bye bye. All right. So, is there any baseball news? Is there anything that happened nah. in baseball that's worthy of talking about? No. Um, well, there was a couple. Hey, he's terrible pitching. I did oh, see there was yeah. a no hitter. Uh, and I, so what was that? Right. Roden lost the right. uh, the no hitter on a, on a hit by pitch in the ninth inning. Yeah, he lost the perfect game. Perfect game. Uh, yeah. Perfect game. yeah, yes. So um, <clears throat> a douchebag <laughs> from the Cleveland Indians. Go figure that Imagine out. Imagine that. Um, yeah, I said douchebag. I don't care right now. Um, <laughs> the, the the ball it was a curveball breaker and uh, going down and he didn't move. He just let it hit him and it hit him in his foot. And he supposedly didn't know that the perfect game was going on. Oh, now, here's a so full of it, crap. Like, yeah, I not, he, I'm not buying it, that. It, it, he really didn't attempt to move out. Like, technically, per the rules, you're supposed to attempt to move out of the way. Well, some people are like, well, it was by his feet. How was he supposed to see it? I'm like, oh, well, it was on. a breaker that was coming pretty much at him. All so of a sudden, the batter's moved. blind. I so, couldn't see the sun was in my eyes. Yeah, there were some people pissed off about that. And some other people were like, oh, it's baseball. He doesn't have to move and blah, blah, blah. So you want to argue about that, fine. But yeah, he got he got hit on his back foot, which broke up the perfect game. But he still got the, the no-hitter, Carlos Rodon, who has had an up-and-down career. He is fully healthy now uh, for the White Sox. And they have a new pitching coach there, finally. And uh, this new pitching coach seems to be paying off for him specifically. Good. So, uh, yeah. And then we had the other dude who pitched a no hitter for San Diego. Yes. First time in San Diego history. Yep. Wow. That's crazy. So there's been three no hitters. That's, see, that's something that doesn't happen too often. No hitters are pretty damn hard to come by. No, they are. They, they, they seem, are. They are. And it's like, seem to be a little bit more happening lately. Y- really? Yeah. We only had two last year. Yeah, at the same time, it's like with the um, with the increase in like strikeouts and everything, it's it's also not extremely hard to see where it 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 can happen because you know guys are you pitchers are throwing harder, guys are just swinging for the fences, this and that, and um, I actually on that uh, uh, kind of sort of on that subject. I don't know if you saw this, the, uh, the Atlantic league, which is, uh, an independent minor league is going to be, they're going to be testing a couple of things for the major leagues, basically. And various levels of the minor leagues are doing different things differently this year too, but the Atlantic league, they're, they're moving the, they're going to move the pitching rubber back a full foot. They're, they're, Mm. they're, the the hope is players will have more, a little bit more time to read the ball and it will lead to an increase in balls in play. So there'll be less So there'll be less strikeouts. Yeah. More action in the game will help. Uh, So I'm, I'm fine with them testing something like that out. The other thing they're testing out is in that league is that if you remove your starting pitcher from the game or when you remove your starting pitcher from the game, you lose the DH. That supposedly is a reason to try to like limit pitching changes and like keep their starting pitcher in the game longer. I personally think that's a, I personally think that's a terrible idea for a couple of reasons. 
if your starting pitcher doesn't have it, your starting pitcher doesn't have it. If you have to pull him in the third inning because he's given up eight runs already, then you got to yeah. do it. But then you're going to play the rest of your game without your DH. I think that's just really stupid because yeah. – How's that going to help? That's actually going to lead to more pitching changes conceivably because you're not going to have these relief pitchers hitting. So you're going to be using nope. pinch hitters and you're going to be going through, you're going to be going through your whole roster quicker, not just your bullpen. So I think that's a bad idea. And that'll be, that'll be proven to be a bad idea, especially because, you know, the, uh, the, the CBA expires in the off season and that's going to be contentious. Dang. I mean, don't, don't be surprised if there's a strike or a lockout and, uh, but they they really need to bring the DH yes back to the National League. They they need to just go with the universal DH going forward and just just be. It needs to happen. It legit yeah. does. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I I don't want to watch pitchers hit anymore. I care less. Yeah, yeah. Because most pitchers, it, it's they can't hit anyways. Most no, they pitchers can't. are terrible. They can't. So the, 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 it's the, a wasted at bat. The collective batting average, you know, and not just batting average, but it's like like slash line, you know, batting average on base slugging of, of pitchers is just. It is so ridiculous is that you can really have like, you know, the worst guy on your triple A team come up to the major leagues and he'd hit better than the pitcher would. So <laughs> yeah. I mean the you want know, as soon as we're talking about pitchers, this this is a horrible stat for uh before the Cubs played today. Their batting average as a team was one thirty two. And guess who had a better batting average than the Cubs so far this year? Every single starting pitcher in Major League Baseball combined was hitting 145 or 146. <laughs> oh my god! That's how bad they were hitting. What the hell? The Cubs, with the Cubs before today's before today's outbreak of runs and six home runs that they hit. Um, I think Javi Baez led was leading the teams in hits with eight. Do they go up to the batter's box with blindfolds on and hope for the best? Yeah, I was going to say they're hitting worse than the Yankees. And and the thing about that, the thing about like Pat bringing up the mound being moved back and experimenting. um, One of the things I I was having a conversation with one of my friends in a group chat um, uh, that are White Sox fans, it it just kind of seems like hitters today don't care if they strike out they're just kind of like they want to hit that big double they want to hit that home run every single time like you don't see a lot of guys who just want to get a base hit or they try to hit an opposite field home run okay great but no one cares if they strike out anymore and that's why that's why the strikeouts just keep going up and up and up and i think you're kind of seeing more of these these chances i mean Besides the no hitters we've had, we've had a couple other games where pitchers have gone into the sixth, seventh, and eighth any with a no hitter already, um, and and lost it. But you know they're they're going deeper in games with it because the players just don't care if they strike out. They have another chance coming up in an inning or two. So just the mentality as far as hitting is not the same as it was. I, I think I think some of these guys have fallen too much in love with the whole concept of exit velocity, and it's like. Yes. Hey, that, exit velocity, that exit velocity only matters if you actually put the bat on the ball. Yeah. Uh, so um, I like to put the bat on the ball. Yeah, I'm sure I, you do. Uh, I bet you uh, really I mean, it's do. Like, it's like I I understand. Like, Jeremy just strikeout. likes the balls. I I, I understand just why I understand why strikeouts are up a lot of times, and a lot of times I just go, eh, you know, it's. Yeah, uh, you know, that's the way it is. It's like, oh, well, you know, look, look at the pitch the guy through, or, you know, oh, look, look at, how's he supposed to hit that 98 mile an hour, you know, high fastball, you know, shit like that. But at the same time, yeah, it does, it does just make you just kind of go. <sighs> yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Well, I don't have any other news. Sounds like baseball has been kind of boring. Um, yeah. For America's really. pastime. <laughs> yeah, but it's just the beginning goes. of the season. It's going to it's going to warm up. We got uh, weeks and weeks and weeks of baseball to come. Yeah. I mean, typically they always say about, well, wait until the weather gets a little warmer. I mean, usually the first couple of weeks of the baseball season are always a little dicey because the weather's still not great. Um, like the ball usually doesn't carry as much as it does when the weather gets warmer. Well, yeah, it's and, cold as shit up here in Pennsylvania again. What the hell? Yeah, and, and there, there is also, again. yeah, there Next is also you guys. You know, they, 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 down here. they they supposedly made changes to the ball again this year, so I don't think we've really yep. seen fully what the effects of that have been yet either. So it's um it's one of those things where you just gotta wait and see. Like they always say, the baseball season's a marathon; it's not a sprint. You know, it's it's not like football where you only play sixteen. Oh, I'm sorry, seventeen uh games a season <laughs> spoiler um, alert for anybody who didn't know <laughs> yeah uh the word like you know what you do in one game could or two games you know could kind of like ruin your whole season you know you gotta you know you gotta take it series by series so yeah all right well since we don't have any other news we had a good stumper we had some good discussion uh and for everybody that's watching us or catching this whenever you catch this or you know listening to wherever you listen to it I hope you enjoyed the show. Our show is going to be more like this format where we're just going to talk sports. We're going to give our opinions. We're going to just talk bullshit. And every once in a while, we'll have an exact topic that we'll talk about. But we'll always let you guys know when that's going to be. Um, but we want to start covering like sports around, you know, around the league and not just like local yokel sports like some of these other places do. We're going to be a little bit more like ESPN, but only freaking better because it's us. The old school a- ABC. Um, what was that around the world crap they used to do back in the eighties? Why we're all sports? Don't catch us. Don't plan on. We don't plan on seeing or hearing us talk about like soccer or polo or any kind of weird sport like that because that's just not us. The Olympics soccer. are coming up, man. Can't talk about. We will curling. talk about the Olympics. Fuck. That's for sure. Because I always enjoy. I I enjoy the Summer Olympics. I enjoy the Winter Olympics. So we'll definitely got to talk I about the Olympics. Olympics. I I've but. I've always enjoyed the summer more than the winter. I just. I, uh, I'm just afraid. Body suits. I'm just afraid. I'm just afraid that this summer Olympics is still going to be a bit of a, a bit of a letdown because there's still just going to be too much COVID uh, impact. But maybe not. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. So we want to thank everybody that joined us on Facebook Live today. You know, we did have quite a few people join us, so that was really nice. We appreciate you guys joining us. Um, you know, shout out to everybody that's catching us uh, after this on YouTube or if you're catching it on the audio version, wherever you're catching that, uh, either Apple, iTunes podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Amazon Music. We're all over the freaking place now. Uh, we appreciate you listening in and, you know, stay tuned to the next episode because it's going to be another crazy, goofy episode where we talk more sports and stuff like that. Uh, but we do want to sign off and say good night, good afternoon, good morning, and we'll catch you on the next episode. <laughs>